You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 210. No, it's just 210. Learn that in elementary school. You don't say and. That's true, yeah. Unless it's, well, it's like a thousand, that's when you say it. It's like you say a thousand and five hundred. No, not that. You would say one thousand five hundred. Right. What am I thinking? Spanish, or fifteen hundred. I don't know. Yeah, in Spanish you do. Right. That's what it is. Okay, that's what I'm Because like, even like in the teens, you like DSE Quattro, ten and four. Right. Fourteen. Of the Grave Flat Podcast, <laughs> I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. Uh, welcome back, guys. We have been MIA for, what, over a month? I over think. a month. This is our first episode of the new year. Is it really? It is. Christ. Since Christmas, yep. God damn. Uh, yeah, things have been um, a little little nutty. A little hectic. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole month of January was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're trying to get back on track. Um, first... Last night? Yeah, I mean, a big part of, of why we missed the last month was last night. Right, yeah. Let's talk uh, about it. About last night. Let's let's talk about last it. Last night, Gus. <laughs> uh, had uh, the Grave Plot Film Fest, part five, uh, parte cinco, for for the people in so here. So you put on a Trejo's Tacos hat, and all of a sudden you think you're Mexican? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty slick hat, though, isn't it? It's cool, yeah. I like the like rubber logo. Yeah, yeah. I like stitching. I was looking into trying to get some of these for us, but uh, it's hard. Like you can buy the patches, patches, patches. I could use some stinking patches. <laughs> um, <laughs> Trejo. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can buy the patches for relatively cheap, but when you want to get like on a hat, you have to buy like buy them in a bulk. bulk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and that gets a little pricey, especially when like oh geez, uh, the. That's why I was so quiet, because the mic was pointed the wrong way. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the pl- place I was looking at that looked like like had the best quality and like maybe like these kinds of hats, um, it was like you, you buy 24, and they're like 31 a piece. Jesus. For fuck's sake. And it's like, what are we going to do with 24 hats? <laughs> yeah, I don't know 29 people that want a Grave Flat hat podcast rubber logo hat. No. I mean, we'd, we'd literally have to give them out to people who may or may not even wear them. Yeah. Even the people I know who would want one, I'd be like, okay, it's $31. They'd be like, oh, Never that's mind. okay. <laughs> it's like we could put them on our website, but they'll just sit there. Oh, yeah. We can't even sell t-shirts. And we got print-on-demand shit there that nobody buys. Right. <laughs> like, um, by the way, go to the Great Plot Podcast store and get yourself a t-shirt <laughs> or a hat or some other crazy gimmick. That's store.graveplotpodcast.com. Uh, anyway, yeah, so last night was the Grave Plot Film Fest, uh, first year back in our home at the Arc Lodge Cinema, Cinemas, 
I always see like they a lot of uh, like social media stuff. Like if you tag a location, it says Arclodge Cinema, but it is Arclodge Cinemas. Yeah, with an S. I guess because they have multiple screens. I assume so. Uh, I mean, you know, you, a theater house is called a, a cinema, right? And so I presume because they have multiple cinemas. I guess, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, great, great time. Um, you know, we we didn't sell out, which was unfortunate, but you know, whatever. Um, it was we still had a, a, a pretty packed house, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a good time. You know, we showed. 21, 21 films, um, yeah, from from all around the world, and uh, like uh, like uh, Humpty Hump said, right? All around the world, the same, same song. song. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, from what movie? Uh, not, not, nothing but trouble. Hell yeah! <laughs> that song is actually from that movie. Like, it's, I, it's like it's for the movie. I, I believe so. I, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because every reference I've ever seen to it is to that movie. Oh, I just figured it was already one of their hits. <laughs> Maybe it is, but honestly, granted, I did not do a lot of research. But every time I've seen that song referenced, it's to Nothing But Trouble. Like It's not from a Digital Underground album, huh. unless it's like on our greatest hits. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, what, did, did you have fun, Taylor? Was it a good uh, time? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people, you know, came up to us afterwards and and said they had a really good time. So that's always good to hear. Yeah. Um, like you said, even though it wasn't packed, we did have a a full house. Um, you know, not completely full, but there were a a good amount of people there, uh, and everyone seemed to really enjoy themselves, which is always nice to hear. Yeah, I, we were close to ninety percent capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, I, I had a hell of a time. It was it was really nice to get kind of back in the saddle and be back doing it live rather than you know the, the virtual ones we've been doing the last couple of years. Although I would like, I, I want to say that I want to explore the possibility of doing a streaming event in tandem with the um, live one in the future. That's mm-hmm. something I I know a site where we could hook that up. Okay, we would just have to make sure that the filmmakers. Acknowledge beforehand that that's, sure. that that's something. I think we could, well we could just put that in our entry uh, yeah. rules, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but it, the thing that prompted that was the fact that my parents couldn't come. Yeah, because they they moved not all the way across the state, but you know halfway across the state, and uh, just you know coming out here for four hours, especially when they're planning to come out here next week. Anyway, it's just it, it's a lot. I mean, my mom drove up three hours. <laughs> yeah, but then she, but she's not coming up next week. Also, no, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think I think if they weren't coming up next week, they probably would have. She to. also didn't have to drive over mountains in February. That's that's also a thing. Yeah, uh, but I think for anyone who wasn't in attendance, we will for the first time announce the winners here on this podcast. How's that sound? Uh, first time. Yeah, I, I haven't done anything on social yet. Oh, okay, yeah. So this will be the the world premiere of the winners. Like I said, unless you were in attendance. Uh, but first up, we had. Should the... I play some like fanfare right here? Like play some music? Yes, yes. definitely. <laughs> uh, first up, we have the uh, most original concept, which went to um, a film called One in Two People. 
out of Canada, which I'm, I'm, I'm glad that got that one in particular because that one was a very original concept. Like it's something I, I, I never would have thought of before. And the way it was uh, conveyed was very, uh, I mean, original. I mean, there's also people in that that I recognized. I was like, I know some of these people. I've yeah. seen them before, but I couldn't think of from, in, from what. There was one guy who looked really familiar, was and the I guy don't with the shaved head. The, yes, the, yeah. And I don't know if it's because he kind of looked like uh, Titus from Letterkenny, or if I recognize him like himself. I mean, it was from Canada. Yeah. And that's, that, that, that was what was throwing me off. Is like, have I seen this guy before? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then there was, uh, let's see, Best Director, which went to uh, J.M. Asensio. hope I'm saying that right. Uh, who directed a film called uh, Like Every Thursday or uh, Como Cada Jueves. Because it, it, it is from Spain. Huevos? Yes. Mabos? Mabos? <laughs> Uh, this one got a, a lot of uh, fanfare at the festival. I think a lot of people like this one. Yeah. It's always nice when we do the awards at the end of the show and like we say something and you hear people in the audience going, hmm, yes. Mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> yes. Uh, the audience favorite award went to another Canadian film, one called In the Dark. I gotta say, I'm a little surprised this one, not because it's bad in any way, but just because um, I thought some other ones kind of got more buzz from the people in attendance. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I mean, just hearing the reaction. Yeah. I mean, there, there was one that we showed. <laughs> it's called None with a Chainsaw. And it's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> and it got quite the reac- reaction. And we're just like, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, well, this is going to get audience favorite, like hands down. And it did. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But yeah, I mean, In the Dark did get some reaction. There's like a, a big reveal kind of at the end. And you could hear people just be like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it was well deserved for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, a, a, a lot of fun, and you know, some great films. And it's it's it was. I'm not done. There's one more. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> my bad. I, the award, the best film, right? Uh, went to a film called When the Time Comes, which was from the, uh, the United States, and John Daniel uh, Cornett. Um, two directors, right? Uh, well, it was submitted by John Daniel Cornett, but I think you're John right. John Daniel Cornett and Jonathan Frey. Yes. Um, yeah, this one was, uh, it was the final film of the night, and it was very powerful. Like, you know, it wasn't as fun as some of the others. Yeah. But it was uh, very emotional and very, uh, very powerful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I won't get into the, the the details because I mean I don't want to spoil it for anybody who may see it at some point. Um, but it uh, does uh, invoke feelings of not only being, you know, married or in a, in a committed relationship with somebody, um, and also parenthood. And you know me being falling into both of those, uh, you know subgroups. It's like, it, 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 like you said, very very powerful and kind of hits you. <laughs> yeah, my buddy, like on the way out, he was just like that last one, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some 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 great stuff 
that was uh, was shown and you know congratulations to all the winners you will be receiving your uh, trophies soon mm -hmm. ish um yeah i i don't, it, it, it was a great show and i had a lot of fun and um i'm really looking forward to next year yeah uh there there were definitely times in the lead up to this and i mean some of this was was you know self-inflicted because by our own admission we dragged our feet this year yeah. um but there were times where i was just like do i want to keep doing this yeah and then last after last night i was just like yeah i do yeah yeah exactly like, it, it was all worth it there are definite points where it's like this becomes, it, well, it feels like a burden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a burden, but, you know, um, whether it's like one that we want to continue to inflict upon ourselves. A worthy burden. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, when you, it, it, there's a lot of things in life where it's, where, where you have that mentality. It's like, do I, why am I still doing this? And then you get to the payoff and it's just like, this is why. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it's like, this is, this is probably a little uncouth to say, but it's like, you know, when you, when you open the floodgates, it's like, okay, filmmaker, send us your films. It's like, you, you get a, a lot of good stuff and then you get a lot of crap too. <laughs> and I, I really hate saying that because I know that a lot you, most people will put their heart and soul into what they're making. And, you know, we, we give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Um, and, uh, but sometimes it's just like, maybe go back to the drawing board, but, um, so that, that like right off the bat, that's tough to wade through all that stuff to really pick out, you know, the kind of the diamonds, uh, in, in the, in the doo-doo. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think we pulled out the the best of the best last night. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you said, it's it's leading up to it, and I I think it was just trying to because we we got complacent. I think the last two years doing it digital, yeah, or virtual, that it was less things to do, and so the the task of doing more to put together the live event was more taxing. Yeah. And like I said, we, we dragged our feet on a lot of stuff and we just kind of went like, I think we might've said this on the show before, but we, we always, we just kind of thought it, you know, it always comes together and it's like, Oh wait, it comes together. Cause we, put yeah, it we together. have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. So like when, you know, when we say thank you and I mean to the, the filmmakers and to the, you know, people who attended and our sponsors and Arc Lodge, when, when we say thank you, we mean it from the bottom of our hearts. It's not just thank you for your money. It's like, honestly, you make it all worth doing. Yeah, so absolutely. thank you to everyone who attended and everyone who sponsored and everyone who uh, was involved in any of the, the filmmaking whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Our, sp our sponsors, I think uh, we, we tried to, you know, you know, fulfill our obligations as, you know, as they're, as they contributed money to us, you know, we were obligated to do a certain amount of promotion for them. But, it, it, you know, it goes without saying, it's like, we have, we had some sponsors that, uh, you know, one, one, or two sponsors in particular that are sponsored us two years in a row. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have to do that. And they have faith in us to do it. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, Growlers. Um, in in Seattle, and it's actually uh, right down the street from the theater, right? 
and also Crypticon, um, which, you know, is like family. And, you know, I'd say Brainbuster Tees. <laughs> but apparently you guys didn't actually pay last year. Hey, we, we paid this year. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, looking forward to next year. Um, I guess we can anticipate that it will be... Third. The third of February. February. That first Saturday in February. That's a, that's our day. Why do people say February? It's Feb- February. But nobody says that. I know. Even like I say it, but I still feel weird when I say it. It's like this doesn't, this feels wrong. Yeah. It's like saying Connecticut. <laughs> like it's technically right. Yeah. Or like, like Worcestershire. I don't even try to say that. Worcester. I just say Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire sauce, yeah. Because you say it fast enough, nobody cares. Nobody notices. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, we say Worcester, but the correct way of pronouncing it it's is fucking Worcester. Worcestershire. Worcester. In Boston, they just say Worcester. Worcester. It's fucking Worcester, kid. Anyway, okay, so we've been babbling on. Uh, yeah, so uh, make sure you follow. We've got socials now. I don't, I don't know why it took us five years to think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's like we, we routed everything through the podcast because it seemed like that was a thing to do at the time because, you know, we hadn't really branched out much. But now it's like we've got kind of this unspoken parent company, not company, but company umbrella, umbrella, which is Grave Plot Productions. That's kind of how we operate our things yeah but then we've got the great plot podcast we've got the great plot film fest and it's just like we, we operate great plot films for a hot second yeah which yeah that's that, uh who's got the time <laughs> i think great plot film fest took over yeah great plot films um but uh anyway so yeah it's like why it's like why don't we have like socials for people to to look up uh, film fest specific stuff yeah, because we're doing everything for the podcast, and that's like, like because people, also like there's probably filmmakers in fucking you know Germany who are like I don't want to hear these guys talk about dicks every two weeks. <laughs> they want to hear about. I just want to know when I can submit my film. Right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we are Grave Plot Film Fest across all networks. No, no, on Facebook and Instagram we are Grave Plot Film Fest. We are Grave Plot FF on Twitter. Okay, because Grave Plot Film Fest was too long. Uh, right. <clears throat> so follow us there. And um, I mean, obviously, that will be the place to be when we make announcements about next year's festival. So if you're yep. a director or know a director or want to be a director, see a director on the sidewalk. Sure. <laughs> Have you heard about the great? Oh, who are you? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So like I say, January has been. It was a fucking weird month, and so we've been out of action. Uh, I had to go down to L.A. for a funeral, um, and in that time, I managed to injure my back. And fell down, I, go boom. Yeah, I fucking fell down some stairs. And it's like, I feel like I've told the story a million times, but I'll tell it one more time. I, I was going, we were staying at our hotel, and it had all outdoor um, uh you know, like walkways and stairs and stuff. 
So I'm going down the stairs, and I've got my arm in or my my arm in my arm, uh, my son in my arms, and I'm going down the stairs because my parents are getting ready to leave. They're to to head back home, and um, I'm going down the stairs so they can say goodbye to him and and me, I guess. Um, and uh, I just it was raining and it was wet and I just put my foot in the wrong place on the stair and my foot slipped off the edge and yeah and I couldn't brace myself because I was holding my son it's like just kind of like that parental instinct yeah like, um and so yeah I just landed dead on my back and um my uh or both the doctor and my chiropractor think I did some damage or not damage but like Knock something out of alignment or yeah, something? Yeah, just fucked up my, my sacroiliac, sacroiliac joint, which is mm, the yes. joint that connects your the, the tail end of your spine to your hip. It's a very tight joint. Uh, it's not like, like, not like a spinal joint where it's got like a, you know, a, um, a disc between it. It's just, it's like almost bone on bone as far as I can tell. It's, I'm sure it's probably got kind of like... Cartilage. Fluid, and, or, yeah, something in between. It's got it to, fluid, but uh, yeah. And then, then I got a gout flare. At this, like, like I'm slowly starting to feel a little better, but you know, still kind of walking like an old man. And then my foot starts to flare up. Like, no, <laughs> but they gave me a course of anti antibiotics, um, uh, steroids, prednisone, um, which was. Working great. I mean, it took the swelling down in my foot. It's it's it was still a little sore, but the swelling had gone down, so I could actually wear shoes again. Um, and uh, side effect was it was helping my back. But I just finished the the regimen yesterday, and like I, my foot starting to hurt again, and my back starting to hurt again. It's like shit. <laughs> but anyway, all that kind of put me out of action for a while, um, and I think I was out of town the day we were we were supposed to record. Yeah. Cause you had to stay an extra couple <clears throat> days or something. Right. You didn't fly home. Didn't you have to stay in California an extra day or two? No, we flew home on time. Oh, but I think the, we, you know, we record usually on Sunday, but kind of our unofficial scheduled day is Saturday and the funeral was on Saturday and I didn't come home until Tuesday. Um, and so yeah, we missed that, and then you, you your mom was in town, so you yeah. couldn't record the next scheduled week. So here we are. Here we are. We're back. Yeah, finally. Yeah, hopefully no more uh, hiccups in the schedule. <laughs> hopefully, um, but you know, things happen. We'll see. Uh, anything else to add before we move on? Patreon. Patreon. Well, yeah, I'll, go, I'll get there. But oh, okay. On a, on a personal level. Uh, no, no. Okay, cool. All right, well, um, yeah, before we get going, uh, some people we want to thank are our lovely grave diggers over on Patreon. Uh, they help support us financially. Well, you know, we don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money, and we don't make a lot of money. Um, you know, we, we have our own money. We have personal money, but, you know, we have to pay bills. Right. Not, not show bills. <laughs> right. Because show bills are real bills. They cost real money. We have to pay for places to host our, uh, you know, MP3s and our website, and, and they don't take exposure. We keep trying, but they're... right, yeah. It's like, what if we promote you, <laughs> Podbean.com, <laughs> on the show, and then you give us free storage for life? I mean, I think they actually do have like a 
affiliate program. That's true, but we don't have any. But then it's like people actually have to sign up. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like Patreon. And then they have to spend money again. Right. Um, anyway. We'd rather you just give that money to us. Yeah, just give the money to us and we'll pay the bills. Yeah. Um, yeah, the show... Then the, you don't have to worry about podcasting, because it's a pain in the ass. It is a pain in the ass. Um, Plus, you probably already have a podcast. Yeah, everybody. Because who fucking does Everybody's it? got a fucking podcast. Especially if you have even a small amount of, of, of uh, fame. Oh, yeah. Because then you got a podcast. Yeah. Or if you like... Have you and, noticed... And they will make more money in one trailer than we have made in 11 years. Oh, I know. And uh, have you ever? Did, did you ever notice? Uh, <laughs> did you ever notice that uh, m- more and more you're seeing these sh- uh, uh, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, companion podcasts to go with TV shows. Oh yeah, like it's almost a, uh, rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not even rewatches. Just like, um, like uh, well, I don't know if The Walking Dead actually had a podcast, but they had The Talking Dead. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of AMC shows have that kind of stuff. And now um, there was one show that I can't think of that had it, but now The Last of Us has a, a, a podcast. And I don't know who's on it or if it's if it's cast members or, or, or what. But yeah, it's like the episode airs. It's like, a, and the, like and an the, HBO Max or HBO produced thing. Yeah, because they advertise it at the end of the episode. Ah, let fans do that. Yeah, uh, it's like, like the big like studios are trying to dig into every little crevice mm-hmm. to try and make money. It's like, hey guys, come on! It's like we're not trying really to make money, we but we want people to listen, and you're taking that kind of shit away from us, right? Yeah, you're taking airtime and and and, and, and let's be frank, and money. Yeah, like maybe not people's money, but advertisers' monies, and yeah. And it's like, you know, we've been doing this for 10, ten years. Yeah. And uh, no, almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in October. Be 10 years this year? We you're, right. you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Um, and. Uh, oh, man. What are we going to do? We got to blow it out. I know, but I'm trying. Like, what are we going to. I don't know. We got time. <laughs> we got time. And then let's flash forward to fucking October. And we're just like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like September. Like the last week of September, and be like, so our tenth anniversary is coming up. We should do something. (laughs) And then, like, here's here's a preview of our tenth anniversary special. Welcome to our tenth tenth anniversary special. We should have done something. Let's (laughs) go. Let's do the standard uh, episode. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, anyway, so those those people, our grave diggers that we love so much, are Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottoms of our hearts. Um, we love you so hard, and thank you for your money. <laughs> Taylor, if anybody else wants to uh, hop on the wagon, where can they go? They can go to Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash grave plot podcast join the party you can give any amount doesn't matter uh but five dollars or more will get you or actually one dollar or more will get you exclusive perks uh including watching episodes live uh nominating movies for patreon picks episodes and others 
discounts to store.graveplotpodcast.com. That's true. <laughs> exclusive merchandise. I mean, it is. It is exclusive. Yeah, I mean, you have to pay for it. It's 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 exclusive to people who pay for it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, but it's exclusive to our store. Like, you can't buy this on Amazon or anything. Sure, well, not yet. Maybe. Get your I'm a werewolf and you can too t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Still the best thing we've ever produced. Classic. <laughs> um, anyway. Although I might have to make a diamond in the doo-doo one. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, so we've been going on for almost half an hour. This is what people listen for. It is. It's, this is why I would listen. Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck about horror? Right. <laughs> it's just two buddies. Yep. That's that. That's the like the compliments we've received. It's like, uh, yeah, listening to the show. It's like, you know, sitting around, hanging out with your buds and talking about movies. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, that's what we were going for. Spanish studying <clears throat> is better when you're buddying. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's <laughs> from Community with Jack Black. Oh, I guess I don't remember Because his name was Buddy. <laughs> uh, okay. So, should we move on with the show? <laughs> yes. I, just, I, I showed you the, the tweet that I saw. It was like, podcast hosts be like 40 minutes into the show. Should we dive in? I was, I was like, just fucking tag us next time. Goddamn. <laughs> Like, come at me, bro. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's do some more business. All right. So, uh, starting out in uh, some real world horror. Uh, Take a trip to California. I was just there. California. But, but I'll go back. <laughs> California. This was. So we're going, going back, back to Cali. Cali. <laughs> Fucking hate you. No, you don't. You guys, last night, Tony was drinking Jones soda at the theater. <laughs> and I was like, another Jones soda? He's like, yeah, why not? And I said, were you jonesing? And like, Tony just like chuckled and then laughed. And then laughed harder. I was like, it took him a couple of seconds to realize how funny it was. <laughs> and then he looks at me and he goes, I hate you. <laughs> what was worse is like, it was while a movie was, or one of the films was playing. So I was like trying to stifle my laughter. <laughs> anyway, so back in California. And like, let me say, like, it was great to see my family despite the reason we were all there, you know. Uh, but that, like that's that's why I like going down there because, you know, see these people I rarely ever see. Uh, but I have to say, this was like my fucking worst trip to California. <laughs> oh, like, I to, to add on top of it, uh, I got strep throat. Like, oh, that's right. Two days into it. I got, so I got strep throat. Then uh, a couple days later, I fall down the fucking stairs. Then I get home, and about a week later, I get fucking gout. It's like, what is happening in my world? It's like the definition of uh, from Parks and Rec when she says, everything hurts and I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, here's looking forward to better trips in the future. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, 
But yeah, so in California, you know, California is a big state, and uh, you know there are a lot of uh, police agencies there who probably see weird things all the time, especially in Santa Barbara mm, under yeah. those Santa Barbara skies, right? <laughs> um, a murder every week. But uh, today we're going to take a trip to San Bernardino, where the women instinctively flock at the sound of Capistrano. <laughs> I'll take a trip to sunny San Bernardino, um, where uh, a man walked into uh, a police station there, and he just kind of walks in with a bunch of what appeared to be animal remains. You know, weird enough. Yeah. Why? Why, why are you doing this? Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> take, take that outside. Uh, he just drops it off, but then also gives them a human jawbone. You know, there, there. Are, you might, you might look at a human jawbone and say, "Well, well, that could be like an ape jawbone." But the that's, fuck is, that's that's that would be weirder. It'd be weirder. <laughs> somehow, somehow it's weirder. Unless you heard about someone like breaking into the zoo and murdering an ape. Yeah, or unless like you you raise apes, like you have an ape farm or something. Yeah, those famous San Bernardino <laughs> ape farms. Uh, but he just left this shit, and, and he's like, "Okay, bye." Yeah, and then peaced out. And like, I I got to imagine whoever was at the front desk was just so flabbergasted that they didn't think to stop him. Yeah. Uh, the man left, and officers were unable to locate him again. It was not immediately known whether the remains were real until the coroner's office determined that yes, they were real, and they were in fact human. Um, or sorry, sorry, one of the bones. Well, the, the jawbone. Just the jawbone, yeah. Um, the suspect has since been found and identified, but you may figure that questions still remain. Yeah, like the suspect has been found and identified. What about the jawbone? What yeah. about that person? Have they been identified? Yeah. Are they missing somewhere? Are they miss? Are they like... Wandering around without the bottom half of their face somewhere? I mean, probably not. You, I mean, one would have to assume that the remains in the jawbone are, you know, from the same person, <laughs> the same donator. Or, but the remains were animal. The jawbone was the only human part in there. He just slapped like some roadkill and a jawbone on the desk and walked out. I guess, yeah. Well, it doesn't say specifically that the remains are animal. Just says that the, the that job what appeared human. to be animal remains. I guess it's possible they could be human. I, I, I guess, I don't know. It's likely not the situation, but I'm just imagining like, a, like a, a trash bag full of just like guts. That's probably not what it's he brought. Probably not what it <laughs> That's just what my brain is putting together. Uh, just... <laughs> Back of liquid, like blood and entrails and shit. Just viscera just dripping off the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like garbage water. Yeah. Dirty trash water. <laughs> um. Anyway. But yeah, it's like, why? Do you, I mean, assuming it is animal in, uh, remains, it's like, why do you have that? And why are you giving it to me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. Take that outside. Yeah, just take a pencil and just push it back off the desk. <laughs> um, and uh, where did it come and the, from? And the jawbone. The jawbone is probably the biggest mystery. Well, sure. Yeah. 
Because likely, likely, it's not somebody walking around with no jaw. Yeah. One would have to assume that the person the jawbone came from is no longer with us. Right. In which case, where is the rest of them? Right. I mean, it very easily could have been like, you know, like a science skeleton. Sure. Just, just swiped it off of there. I mean, that might be easy to identify. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. We've been rewatching Kimmy Schmidt. Uh huh. And like, there's so many just like really quick throwaway lines in that show. But, like, whatever they are, it's just like 30 Rock. Yeah. Well, I mean, same, same creator. Yeah, so. exactly. But like, there's this scene where, um, Jane Krakowski takes her son to the doctor because she thinks he has like ADHD or something. Mm. And he's just like running around. And he runs by with one of the like anatomy skeletons. And the doctor's like, that's weird. We don't have an anatomy skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a great show. It, I'm glad that it only ran as long as it did, though, because it definitely would have started to lose steam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you watch the movie? Yes. Or it's like a create your own yeah, yeah. adventure thing. Yeah. Um anyway. So yeah. San Bernardino. Good news is this guy's in custody. Right. So Yeah. I mean, best case scenario, he's just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Maybe and maybe it's like you said, maybe it's a fake jawbone or like a uh Nope, there's no other good. <laughs> there's no other good reason to have a human job. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> unless you like, like, it's like you've got you know, like a authentic anatomy skeleton, you know, not one that's made of plastic or or, or plaster or whatever, um, but like one that's actually made of a real human skeleton, or if you've got just like a skull that happens to be real, you know, for for you know. Whatever people collect bones for, whatever you may be using it for, I don't know. But ask, uh, ask Denzel, <laughs> right? Because he did that movie, the Bone Collector, about, the, about collecting the bones. Yeah, yeah. He he was the Bone Collector. Was there a porn parody called The Boner Collector? Because if not, that's just leaving money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting on a gold mine here. <laughs> anyway. San Bernardino, the city of mystery. That's what they call it. That's, that's what they put on the sign. <laughs> Driving into San Bernardino, it's like, San Bernardino, the city of mystery. San Bernardino, huh. it's jaw-dropping. <laughs> Sorry. Too soon. Sorry to whoever's jaw that was. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. All right, so last November? When did this come out? Terrifier? Yeah. October. Was it October? Or, or when maybe, did we talk maybe. about it on the show? It was our Halloween episode. Oh, it was our episode. Halloween episode. You're right. All right. So last Halloween, we talked about uh, Terrifier 2. And in fact, we had quite a conversation with the uh, employees of Arc Lodge yesterday about Terrifier 2. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It, I mean, 
We saw ter- was... we saw a terrifier at Art Clutch. That's true. We did. Mm-hmm. Why did we not say that yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> I joined like halfway through the conversation. I just assumed you had mentioned it. Oh, I forgot that that's where it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, polarizing movie. A lot of people uh, really liked it, and a lot of people uh, vomited and passed out. Enough people liked it for it to make what was it, eighteen million. Like it made a million dollars, <laughs> and it's still it's like it's it just started a new theater run in uh, in France. I think I saw. Oh, French French people are either gonna love that or hate that. Yeah, they're gonna say wee oui, wee oui, or poo poo. They're gonna be like, oh, <laughs> this is too much for me. <laughs> With their tiny cigarettes, yeah, and their black and white striped shirts. <laughs> their fit, um, their berets, berets, and their, and their s- stupid little mustaches, <laughs> their penciled in mustaches. I have to go out to deliver my baguette to my wire framed. Uh, bicycle. <laughs> this is not what we really think about French people. Just so people know, we're making fun of of stereotypes, not making f- yeah. stereotypes about French people. We're, uh, yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So we're, I was gonna say we're perpetuating stereotypes, but I guess we're we're not really because we know they're stereotypes. Yeah, we're like I said, we're making fun of the stereotypes themselves. All right. Uh, but anyway. The director of Terrifier 2, as well as Terrifier 1, coincidentally, uh, <laughs> Damien Leone. <laughs> you don't say. I recently was speaking to... Uh, Insider. Insider. And he teased his next project, or at least a uh, upcoming project, saying there is an original project I have in development with Ghost House Pictures, which, of course, is Sam Raimi's production company. Oh. Leone and Raimi together. My God. You know, I... That's cool because it's Sam Raimi and it's a big name and stuff, but Ghost House has put out some turds. It has put out some turds. But to be fair... To be fair. To be fair. To be fair, uh, a lot of uh, places have put out crap. Well, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's a single studio that I could just be like, oh man, they've never put out a bad movie. Yeah. I, I will watch anything they put out because it's they've, they have an impeccable track record. Right. Uh, Everybody's got some duty. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a shirt too. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna have a a, a, a doo doo series, just a poop line. <laughs> um, Leone continues. So if that happens, that would be amazing. I'm really hoping that that could happen before Terrifier three, or it might happen right after. We'll see. Start speaking in rhymes. <laughs> You're living the good life, kid. Not me. <laughs> Just gotta always keep him guessing. Yep, yep, uh, yeah. But I mean, obviously, as he said in there, uh, Terrifier Three is in the works. He said, "I am writing Terrifier Three as we speak. I definitely want to make at least one more. There may be two to tell this story and tackle all the ideas that I have in my head, uh, because there's a lot more to explore with Art the Clown, the Pale Girl, Victoria, and certainly Sienna as our final girl. We will be following her journey to the end of this franchise." Nice, nice. Who's Victoria? Was she the one in the first one? Yeah, she was the one. Didn't she die? No, that, her sister. The one with the fucked up face. Right, right, right. Okay. Art's mother-ish. <laughs> uh, as for the project with Ghost House, no official announcement has been made at this time, and we're also in the dark about plot details. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Yeah. Probably because uh, there aren't a lot of plot details to be given. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, Leone himself said it's in development, whatever that means. Like, yeah. In development could be, you know, being written. It could be just a green light. You know, it could right. it could really be any stage of development. Yeah. But, you know, with entertainment news being just around the clock. Or any news, for that matter. Sure, yeah. Gotta get those clicks. Fucking cable news. Cable news was the worst. Like, that... Cable news changed the world because you created the 24-hour news cycle. uh, And in an attempt to fill airtime, you have talking heads, which spawned people like... uh, And not the talking heads. No, talking heads are awesome. Talking heads on news channels or, you know... So as channels masquerading as news channels, you know, like all all the ce- you know, celebrity people now that are on like CNN or on the other side, Fox News, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who have no real uh, contribution to news itself, they just talk about it um, and uh, sensationalize it. And th- those are people that have effectively destroyed the world. And then the internet... Uh, compounded that compounded it yeah because the internet might is definitely worse well yeah because the internet is you you don't have to have any kind of expertise like anybody could go and give their opinion yeah and that's what it was you know you have these cable news channels cnn msnbc fox news um you know whatever there are probably a dozen more that i'm just not thinking of right now those were on tv and you know you had people that were hired to do this the internet is an open forum for mm. literally everybody to talk about whatever the fuck they want using whatever whatever made up facts they they want whatever kind of language they want yeah um anyway but you all know that right like news <laughs> should not be competing for advertising and ratings nope cuz news is not supposed to be entertaining no There was a time, you know, when it was just newspapers or, you know, like, like nightly news, like, like network TV, nightly news. There was a time, yeah, you want to beat your competitor to, to, to break the story. You want to be first because then you get the notoriety of being first. People come back to you for more breaking news. That's how it was. But now you've got everybody who's trying to get ahead of that in a 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. It's like, you know, in newspapers, you had the morning edition and you had the evening edition. And those were your times when you got new news. Uh, and and now, again, it's, it's 24 hours, so. Yeah, and like I said, they're competing for ratings, so they're getting more and more sensationalized. Mm-hmm. And they're getting people on who, you know, may have may have an opinion that they know is going to incite people because those people then will want to watch so that they can, you know, hate watch and get angry and then go online and then... Yeah. Spread their opinion. Yeah, and then you get the people who are so fucking off the rails that you, they even their own networks don't like won't back them up as actual news people like Tucker Carlson. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, news should not be fun. That's the moral. <laughs> right. Also Terrifier 3. That's yeah. Bring, it's, it, bring it back. <laughs> Terrifier 3. <laughs> 
no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm also a little weary, not weary, wary um, of, of his success. I am happy for his success. I wish him all the best. But with success comes overexposure. Mm. And I just, I, I don't want that for him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I mean, to, so far I love his work and I don't want him to start churning out crap because he becomes this, you know, um, you know, the, 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 all studios knocking down his door, you know? Yeah. It's like if we, you know, made movies for a living. And we, you know, made a movie, say, like, Terrifier, which I don't know what the budget was, but it obviously wasn't that much. Mm-hmm. And then if a studio came in and was like, hey, we want to give you $100 million, we'd be like, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> but you have to spend it. You can't just be like, just give me one. Yeah. Or what if I just pocket $99 million? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if somebody paid us, if somebody suddenly paid us a salary to do this show, even if it was just a minimum wage. Because we already have our jobs. We have our day jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that pays our bills. Uh, and if somebody started paying us an hourly wage to do this show or a, you know, a flat rate to do the show, it's like, that's just going in our pocket. And regardless of how much or how little it is, it's like, okay, maybe we'll pay the... We don't need the need Patreon anymore. We'll just pay the bills Yeah, with, with that. But the rest of the money, that's just going in our pocket because I don't know what to... What? Hey, Google, shut up. I don't know what it heard. You didn't say Google. No. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, what was I saying? I got... You were saying people, someone should pay us to do the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but no, it's like if somebody gave us a budget for this show, I wouldn't know what to do with it because the show doesn't cost us a lot. Yeah, it like, would... I mean, right now, the money we get from Patreon. It, you know, it goes into a show-specific account, and that money goes to the show or to the film fest or anything else, you know, like you said, Great Plot Productions related. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if we were getting, you know, a salary or a wage to do this, yeah, like, we would put it in our pocket, and it would, again, we, you know, if the mixer were to break or something, you know, we would use the money for that. But, like, otherwise, yeah, it's just... It's just Buying our coffee in the morning and buying yeah. our dinner at night, like put gas in my tank. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, I imagine. Like, I don't know how much bigger we could make the show other no. than like flying in celebrity guests or something. Like. Yeah, unless they like wanted to hire a producer for us or something. Yeah, yeah, or, or yeah, like having a studio time. I guess yeah. would be one thing. But yeah, like I don't know how much bigger we could make it. No, and, I mean, our 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 quality is pretty on par with like professional. Shows. Yeah. So I don't really. <laughs> and like I said, you know, if we made movies, like we wouldn't know what to do with a hundred million dollars. No. Like we would just blow stuff up just because we could. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's, let's just, let's blow, blow that house up. Why? I don't know. Because, <laughs> because we need to make budget. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well. Uh, you know, we, we only like the one camera. All right, well, if we don't get it, we'll blow that house up. <laughs> we have a hundred million dollars, dude. Here, here's a thousand dollars. Go get me lunch. I don't know. What, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> How much could a banana cost? Twenty dollars? <laughs> it's one banana, Michael. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, anyway, so yeah, just you know, I'm I'm happy for for Damien. I just I hope he stay grounded. S- yeah, stay stay grounded. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome if someone pays us to do the podcast and we could quit our jobs. We could go weekly. I mean, yeah. If they if somebody honestly wanted to pay for us to just sit here and bullshit for two hours. We could go daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'd never we'd, have like we'd never like like reuse episodes. Like no. I mean we'd probably talk about a lot of the same shit over and over, but we'd always have new shows. Yeah. And we'd lose so many subscribers. People like, I can't do two and a half hours a day. <laughs> I don't have time in my schedule for this. <laughs> I'm already listening to How Did This Get Made and Small Town Murder and everything else. I got, yeah, yeah. I got no time for two and a half hours every fucking it's a, day. It's a bombardment is what it is. <laughs> I, have, I have no time for f- 16 hours a week of <laughs> Great Flop Podcast. I re- like uh, I was over at my parents' house was this? Uh, Thanksgiving, I guess, and somehow the show came up, um, and my dad was like, "Yeah, he's got to cut that show down." What? He's like, "It's like it's over two hours long. It's like I'm having a hard time getting through it." I'm like, so stop and come back later. Yeah, it's like well, you don't have to listen to it in one sitting. Yeah. <laughs> also, no, it's not fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> like, just, just stop and come back later. It's not like you're going to lose the thread. We lose the thread like every 30 seconds. (laughs) Mid-story. Every story. (laughs) We haven't even started with this story yet. Yeah. And like it's broken into chunks. Like you can just, you know, oh, once they're done with this news story in 15 minutes, then I'll stop and I'll come back later. Right. So a lot of the times. You've got two weeks to listen to it. Right. Yeah. A lot of times the story in horror business becomes secondary. Yeah, it's just it's uh it's the base that that you know that we build upon. Right. It's like Tony will start talking. They'll be like, "So I saw this duck the other day. It was weird." <laughs> Speaking of ducks, uh, let's talk about. I guess kind of yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I don't know if anybody's been following the news, but I mean, everybody knows about the merging of Warner and Discovery, and kind of the the change up that's been happening there. Uh, we have all lost some some shows. Taylor is mourning the loss of some things. Um, right? Am? Aren't you? Was I? Probably. It, uh, they they dumped uh, like think a couple things that you were watching, weren't they? Mm. Basketball. Well, there was rumors about them not uh, not renewing NBA. Okay. I don't. I think they're bluffing. <laughs> you think they're bluffing? bluffing? Regardless, they I mean they've been. JPEG said the same thing, and then JPEG got fired, and Iger was like, "No, no, <laughs> we need the NBA." Um. Anyway, so yeah, there there's a, a lot of change up in in uh, in, in that realm, uh, and it has affected uh, the the DC universe pretty heavily. Obviously, they they dumped the whole Snyderverse thing. They're kind of finishing out what they already have. Uh, and then kind of ramping up uh, the vision of new 
um, DC runners or DC films, or I guess it's just called DC universe now because it used to be called the DC extended universe and now it's just called DC universe. Uh, but James Gunn and Peter Saffron are the new heads and they're kind of slowly building things up. sounds like uh, the first, well, not the first thing, but one of the things that are going to kind of launch that off um, is a new movie uh, based on uh, Swamp Thing. Um, you may remember a handful of years ago, they, uh, was it um, CW tried to, no, HBO. When HBO Go? Was that still? I think it was still HBO Go then. Yeah, yeah. they were trying to, they tried to do a, a Swamp Thing show, which ultimately went nowhere. It was led by James Wan, and it was very, very James Wan. Uh, it was hard to watch. It was so boring. Like I, I wanted to like it. Like that's the one thing that James Wan did that I actually tried to give it, you know, give him a chance. <laughs> um, and it was just so fucking drawn out. And it's like, okay, when are we getting to the actual Swamp Thing? <laughs> like I feel like I'm invested into this too much for there to not be Swamp Thing on the screen right now. Uh, but of course, Swamp Thing was played by Derek Mears, which I think was perfect casting. But um, you know, ultimately, the show got canceled after one season, um, and uh, you know, whatever. But now it sounds like they're making a, a new horror-themed Swamp Thing movie, which is which is perfect because Swamp Thing not only has very strong horror themes, but it, his involvement in the DC universe is with more of the horror oriented characters. Um, but the big thing is that, uh, James Mangold, who was the director behind Logan is in talks to direct, uh, on the 31st of January, the movie was announced, uh, and, uh, it said, said to be investigating the dark origins of swamp thing. Um, Hollywood reporter, uh, tells us that, uh, James Mangold's and Talk to Direct. Um, Swamp Thing. Uh, okay, let's see. Yeah, you said Talk about that. Um, there was also, oh, sure. Okay, so there were actually one or two, two films in the 80s based on Swamp Thing, the first one being directed by Wes Craven. Um, and uh, was Adrian, Adrian Barbeau was in the first or second one. I can't remember. Wasn't Ray Wise in one of them? Yes, Ray Wise played, um, oh shit, what's his name? Alec Berg. <laughs> Alec Berg. No, um, a great John Houseman name. <laughs> the, the guy who be, ultimately became Swamp Thing, Alec something, I'm totally spacing on his name. Um, and uh, anyway. But, ha- Holland. Thank you, Alec Holland. Um, but yeah, and it, so anybody not familiar with Swamp Thing, basically Alec Holland was a scientist doing research on swamp um, uh, bacterium in in a back in a bayou of um, Louisiana, and um, I think shit. I, I feel like the, the, the so the story has the characters in the story have been retconned so many times. I can't remember. I can't keep it straight. 
I think he was like um, his boss or like the man who owned the company that he was doing research for. Basically, set his lab on fire and, and you know he exploded in chemicals. And in an attempt to uh, put himself out, he jumped into the swamp. His body ultimately disintegrated into the swamp, but he his consciousness reformed into swamp matter, which took an anthropomorphic form. So a lot of people think Swamp Thing is actually alcoholin, but it's not. It's basically just swamp matter that has taken the form, uh, uh, you know, a human-ish form with the consciousness of alcoholin. Mm. So he's really a swamp thing. He's not like... Not a swamp man. He's not a swamp man. Um, and that was something I think they sorted out later because he thought he was alcoholin, but eventually came to the realization that he's not. He's just a thing. Yeah, he's just a thing. Did he's, you know that he's played by Sam Richardson on Harley Quinn? Was it Sam Richardson? According to Google, anyway. I didn't realize that. It's funny. He's like this uh, like kind of new age, like hippie. Like He's very into like... Um, On Harley Quinn? Yeah. Like the kind of like being like to like crystals and shit like that. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. He has like a man bun. What? Yeah. You've never watched it, have you? No. Yeah. It's, 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 you should give it, a, give it a shot. That's on HBO Max too, right? Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um. Anyway... Yeah, so uh, I, I'm, Logan was obviously uh, awesome. I mean, like it was talked about for years afterwards. Um, a great film, and uh, Mangold's vision was a big part of that. So I, I'm very interested to see him bring this to, to Swamp Thing and see what let's see what they do. And I'm I'm glad that it seems like DC has more of a direction now because they've assigned somebody. Or I should say two people to drive things, you know? Yeah. You know, kind of similar to how... Um, I mean, they set out to hire their Kevin Feige. Right. Which they did. And they could have done a lot worse. Yes. Um, so I'm uh, I'm on board. I'm, I'm anxious to see where this goes. Swap they. <laughs> So lately, Tony and I have been playing a lot of Evil Dead the game. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I see people online and they're just like, I, I saw that they're not like, not making new content or something for it, which I guess kind of goes counter to what the story is, but something similar to that. And people are just like, yeah, no one's really playing it anymore. And people are like, yeah, well, everyone's beat it. And I'm like, really? That game's fucking hard. Dude. I guess it does have a storyline, does it? I've pretty much only played... Well, not only, but most of the stuff I've done is playing online. Oh, you haven't done any of the uh, the missions, I think they call them? Very little of it. So, But yes, it is hard. It's hard. Like Even like the, the online stuff. The campaign, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. We played with two randos, and like we died fairly early. <laughs> we died so many times. Yeah. Like, and, like They had to keep saving us. And eventually, there was only one guy left, and he couldn't save all three of us while also fighting off the elder gods or whatever. Right. And finally, he got got died too. Right. Um, got died. Um, That's how they say that. Yep. 
So yeah, like even playing with two people who had assumedly were better than us, we couldn't finish. Oh, there was one guy that was decidedly worse. You think? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was bad. He had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, and he was worse. <laughs> All right. Well, the other guy was good. The guy, the Eric the Red guy. <laughs> yeah, he was good. He's good stuff. Yeah. But anyway, there's a new mode that actually just released. Uh, it's called Splatter Royale. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of games nowadays have this battle royale style, um, you know, PUBG and uh, Fortnite and stuff. It's kind of it's just this open world, everyone for themselves kind of style. They're just, if you see somebody, beat their ass. Just kill them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Uh, up to 40 deadites. Uh, players will battle to see who will come out on top. Uh, Saber, the company that made the game, says, Embrace your inner demon and battle with up to 40 players as a deadite version of your favorite character. Only one badass will be left standing. Okay, so... Okay. I was thinking, okay, so they're just going to do, like, skeletons and zombies and shit? Or they're going to actually have, like... Yeah, like, the art, there was, like, a deadite version of... um, Like, the Ash and, like, the Hawaiian shirt and stuff. I do remember you showing me that. Okay. Uh, the Splatter Royale update also includes new Survivor Ruby, new weapons, and new premium cosmetics. Those cosmetics include new outfits for Ash vs. Evil Dead characters Ash, Kelly, and Pablo, and new weapons such as a grenade launcher and a scythe. Nice. Grenade launcher would be helpful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just blow up a lot of people at once. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, um, yeah, no, the game is fun. I mean, it's hard. If you're not good at that, those kinds of games, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, cause it's, it's all first person. This is a first person shooter. It's third person, isn't it? Or second? Wait, sorry. Over shoulder. Yes, you are right. Sorry. I'm, it's, it's, it's been a little while since I've played it and i haven't played it enough to like really commit it to memory um but uh no yeah it is it's it's a fun game but it's it is very difficult because like you know these these maps are pretty massive and you know it's like okay get this thing now get this other thing that's on the other side of the map now get this other thing that's in the other corner of the map yeah fuck and do it in this limited time yeah while all these deadites are trying to kill you right who just come out of nowhere. Right. And like literally, like, there's like this, there will be like a rip in the fabric of time. Right. And they'll just f- file out of it. And like the biggest thing that fucks me up is the fear. Because, oh, the fear meter. Yeah. Yeah. The fear meter. So if you haven't played it, basically what it is, is like, I mean, it's, it's a meter that measures your fear. You know, when you get into, uh, it, it goes up on its own. There's nothing you can do about it. It just goes up. But you know, when you get into fights, it goes up further. Um, and I think if you if you get if you take damage of any kind, it goes up. And the only way to keep it down is you either light fires, like a light, like light a, a bonfire, or you light a, um, a lantern, and you create light basically. Um, or you stay with your group, which you know when you're playing with a bunch you of jackoffs like, on stand the stand in the light. What's that? If there's like a porch light or something on a cabin you can just stand in it. yeah th- that is much slower though yes um and uh 
but yeah, so yeah, or you know, I think it's not the fastest because standing in like a like a bonfire or something is the fastest way, but staying with your group is the way to make it go down and to keep it down. But when you're playing with a bunch of fucking jagoffs from the internet, they're not gonna stay next to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so it's, they want to run and fight everything that moves. Yeah. And the thing about the fear is that as it goes up, you become more uh, visible to deadites. Mm. Like they see you on the map. And that's that's what fucks me up every time. Yeah. That's why I just kind of try to keep moving. And you can't light fires unless you have matches. Yeah. And matches are, are, are tough to find. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you can you pick up weapons. Weapons are admittedly everywhere. But use, you know, like helpful ones, those are harder to find. Right. But anyway, um, when, when does this come out? It's out. Is It is currently out. <laughs> I think it came out uh, the second, maybe. Cool. Well, we should uh, maybe check that out. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. All right, so the most recent uh, season of um, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Maybe uh, I should have put this one last because it kind of ties into one of our movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too late now. Yeah. You started talking, so you... Fuck a duck. Um, Why are you always telling me to fuck a goat? <laughs> it's not about asshole pleasures. It's not about alligator fuckouts. <laughs> About <laughs> rusty trombones. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, the most recent season of Last Drive-In just ended. I don't know, about a month ago. Um, another you know great season, uh, and as such, um, you know throughout the year, just kind of keep people sated until the next season. Um, they will do specials along the way. The next one, of course, coming up. I think, I think it's only it's only the second year. I think they've been doing it, so it's not really a tradition so much. But they are doing now uh, another Valentine's Day special uh, with Joe Bob's vicious Vegas Valentine. Um, Joe Bob and Darcy and the last driving crew are aiming to deliver the biggest special yet by leaving behind the trailer park and taking the wedding capital of the of the world by storm. In addition to a double, horror double feature centered around nasty love stories, the legendary horror host will also officiate the wedding of two fans on air. Now, this was actually, they did a um, an, an auction. Um, they For their Christmas special, they did an auction. Um, actually, you know what? The season ended a while ago. Now I'm thinking about it. It was the Christmas special that I'm thinking about those recent. So they did a Christmas special with an auction. They did, they gave away a bunch of like vintage like Joe Bob stuff from like Monster Vision days and stuff oh, like sweet. that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, but one of the things they were giving away was to be married on air by Joe Bob. Um, you, you would officiate your wedding. And I, I guess it didn't occur to me that this would be the the, the place that they would be doing it. So, um, 
Makes sense, though. Yeah. Uh, during this year's Demented Double double Feature, I'll be joining in Unholy Matrimony, two young lovers, young thoroughly lovers. schooled in the twisted tenets of Last Drive-In. And I'll probably, I'll probably need an Elvis jumpsuit to do it, Briggs said. I did a little bit of a Texas accent. A little bit. Just, it was like just enough to make me go, is he doing an accent? He's doing a thing? Is he trying to I mean, I could like really that? lean into it if you want me to. During this year's Demented Double Feature... That actually sounds more like Joe Bob. <laughs> During this year's Demented Double Feature, I'll be joining an unholy matrimony to... Two young lovers thoroughly schooled in the twisted tenets of the last drive-in. And I'll probably need an Elvis jumpsuit to do it, Briggs said. That wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It's all about the like inflection of certain words. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was trying to keep in mind, like how he would say certain things. Um, the horror host took to Twitter early earlier to tease that the couple set to walk down the aisle during the special approved one of the movies for their wedding. Well, that's nice. That's a nice little bonus. What are they? They they don't say. They never say until the show or like the, the night really? of the show. Really? I could have there were other specials where they announced what the movies were going to be. Mm-mm. Even during the last drive-in, they never say. Oh. Um, but they, uh, Darcy, was Darcy and Joe Bob? Maybe just Darcy. She uh, will give hints along mm. the way. So you're, you can guess. And a lot of people, I mean, some of the hints are more subtle, some are a little more obvious. Um, but, uh, yeah, but they don't actually tell you what they're showing until they show it. Um, Joe Bob's Vicious Vegas Valentine debuts on Friday, February 10th, live on the Shutter TV feed at 9 p.m. Eastern. Fans can also watch On Demand on Shutter and AMC Plus beginning Sunday, February 12th, 2023. I'll be there with bells on. Not there. He won't be there. Not there, no. So wait, is it? In Vegas? Like, are they actually... I presume so. They film in New York, I'm pretty sure. Um, like, the, the last drive, and they f- I'm pretty sure they filmed that in New York. But this sounds like it's going to actually be in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, it says they leave the trailer park behind, and so, yeah, I don't know if it's, got an, uh, like, a live show, or, or like uh, where they're doing it from, I don't know. No, it it's never live. Um, it's always pre-recorded. Okay. Um. I meant like live in front of an audience. Oh, oh, I mean, maybe there'll be people there for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like they don't the the set they have doesn't isn't obvious. God damn it! Obviously, isn't geared for weddings. So I would presume they would actually be doing this in a chapel in Vegas. So, <clears throat> only one way to find out. Watch it. Joe Bob says, "Check it out." That's what he says. That's his thing. Yep. All right. So final story of horror business going out on a high note. (laughs) One thing we've all been begging for. For years, is another movie in the long storyline of subspecies. <laughs> I'd say twenty years ago, yeah, I probably would have been begging for this. <laughs> Which one do we do on the show? Two? Uh, blood, Bloodstone. Thinks. So. Yeah, I think two. 
Oh, this is going to be subspecies. Subspecies? Shub. Five. Subspecies. That's what it's called. Uh, Blood Rise. Uh, this is a prequel to, I guess, all of them. I guess this is, is going to be like the first in the cr- chronology. Uh, stolen by Chris. Which it's like, I when they first announced this, I could have sworn it was going to be a sequel. I don't know if they changed plans or if I heard wrong, but I don't know. Uh, the synopsis is as follows. <sighs> Stolen by crusaders on the night of his birth. He has yes. no knowledge of his bloodline. His mother is a demon. His father is a vampire trained and exploited by a brotherhood of mystic monks to slay all enemies of the church. Fate brings him back one night to the castle of his father armed with the monster slaying sword of Laertes to destroy the vampire of Ladislaus and reclaim a holy relic. The Bloodstone. Now, his father... His Faja. Faja. Um, was played by Angus Scrim, who is dead. Boy! Yeah, that guy. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, presumably they recast. Well, it's a prequel, so... Sure, but you... you... But they didn't recast <laughs> Radu. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, that's what I don't uh, quite understand. I like how this opening uh, paragraph has like he, his, him, never says his name. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the opening paragraph. Uh, the events of that night turn Radu from a nobleman into a vampire with no master, setting him on a centuries long quest for sustenance and companionship for the treacherous one who stole him from the sun and for the bloodstone he hopes will bring him peace. Spanning 500 years in the life of the vampire Radu Vladislaus, this long-anticipated prequel to the subspecies series chronicles Radu's descent from a noble warrior for the church to a depraved creature of the night. Series regular Anders Hove, uh, who has played uh, um, Radu in all the movies, yes, uh, will return as the vampire Radu and Denise Duff, who was in the first movie. Uh, huh? She was in the second, third, A, and fourth movie. Oh, it just said subspecies, so I thought that meant just the first one. No, she's in basically all the sequels. Okay, well, she returns to the film series in her new role. Actually, you know what? I take that back. I think she was playing, she was, the character she played in the third one had been recast. I think she only played in the second, or sorry, in the third and fourth movie. Well, none of that matters, because now she's playing a new (laughs) role, uh, Helena. Duff is a familiar face to fans, having played Michelle Morgan for the last three main subspecies movies. Oh, okay. So she was in the sequel. Uh, Director Ted Nicolau also returns, making him one of the only directors to helm every entry in a single horror franchise. What? One of the only. Okay. Yeah, one of, not the only. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Anders Hove stars alongside Denise Duff, Kevin Spiritas, Stasha Nikolic, Marco Filipovic. I think that's what. I think that little thing on the sea, that's a ch, right? Sure. Yeah. I think you're doing a great job. Uh, Peter Arsich, Yulia Grout, Oliviera Perunichik, and Jakov Marjanovic. Yeah, I mean, that's better than I would have done. <laughs> so where's this filming? Because there's a lot of Eastern European names there. Oh, I think these usually film in uh, Bulgaria. Like Bulgaria. Bulgaria. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think full full moon. Uh, God damn, full moon 
films most of their movies in Bulgaria nowadays, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, or, you know, like North Hollywood. <laughs> That's a porn joke. Because they have a lot of boobies in their yes, movies. Yes, boobies. Do you know there's a law in, in California, um, which used to be like this, like the capital of the porn empire. There's a law in California that you can't have sex uh, on, you can't have sex for for pornographic purposes without a condom. Really? Yeah. And so I think that's probably why not a lot of porn is filmed in California anymore. Huh. So where do they film it now? Wherever else. Just, yeah. Florida, probably. Probably, yeah. Because if you see porn, a lot of it has like palm trees and shit. And there's yeah. really only pla- two places in the world that have that many palm trees. Or not, two places in the U.S. that have that many palm trees. Right. Uh, yep. Um, anyway, so yeah, I've, I've been a big fan of the subspecies uh, series for a long time. Uh, then the fourth one came out, and I'm like, man, this is bad. <laughs> um, and arguably, like, the third one's not very good either. But, you know, it's good enough. Yeah. But then the fourth one came out, and I'm just like, wow. What this happened? Is, this is not great. And then so like the subspecies five has like been in the pipe for f- fucking ever, and it's just like when is this? And I, I honestly I forgot it was even happening. And then I don't know a couple of years ago I think started hearing them talk about making it again. It's like you know talking about you know Ted Nicolaus coming back to direct, and you know they're gonna go on this like great new direction you know just like all this fanfare about you know talking about how great it's going to be it's like okay I'll, I'll give it a chance i would love to see them redeem themselves from the first from the fourth one yeah uh after watching this trailer not high hopes <laughs> not really it looks trailers always look good i mean that's their purpose um and it looks like it has some pretty good production value but uh I'd say that remains to be seen. Yeah. And I'll watch it because, of course. But <laughs> what not. if they replaced Anders Hove with Anders Holm? Anders Holm. The Durs? Oh, the Durs. <laughs> sure. That's like the n- most likely cast. <laughs> Just because their names sound alike. <laughs> No, like, what is really throwing me? Is this supposed to take place 500 years, presumably before the first movie, and it's still played by Anders Hove, who is visibly, like, 30 years older than you was from the first movie? Yeah. It's like, what is happening here? Like, he's a... I mean, let's, let's say that he was that old when he turned into a vampire. How are you going to explain the re, you know him being in his, what... Early thirties, maybe when they filmed the first movie. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. But this is this is going to span. This is going to tell a five hundred year long tale, I guess. Even though what I saw in the trailer was all just back in like you know the medieval cr- times, crusade like, yeah. days. He, he looks like he's a um, uh, knight templar. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the big red cross. Um, was it pon- uh, poncho? <laughs> Hammock? Gimmick. Gimmick. 
They probably call it a poncho, I think, right? Poncho. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a drug rug. <laughs> um and uh yeah. And yeah, also, I mean, I, I presume they recast him, but his father was played by uh the tall man. Why do I keep wanting to say Rupert Grint? That's not right. <laughs> Angus Scrim. <laughs> They're going to recast him with Rupert Grint. Yeah, you know, the Harry Potter guy. He's great. Yeah, the ginger. He's great. Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people are saying, what the fuck? But, you know, he's been really great on, on set. Uh, anyway. Okay. So, yeah, Subspecies 5. Uh, I guess we don't really know when this is coming out. Soon. Um, to full moon. I, I think it's coming to their streaming gimmick. Yeah. So there you go. There we go. That's horror business. That is horror business. It took us an hour and a half to that's, get through that. That's nothing. <laughs> Sorry, <Hey>. John. <laughs> you know what's great, guys? We got more content for you. At least another hour. Um. So, without. Any further ado, do, <laughs> do do, <laughs> diamonds in the doo doo. <laughs> well, everyone's got doo doo. Is that what else? Yes, everyone has doo doo. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> you know, in context, like it made sense, but also it's like, yeah, everyone has doo doo. <laughs> hey, everybody poops. That's why they wrote a book about it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some movies. All right, so we got two movies that are fairly new, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have nothing to do with each other. Not a thing. <laughs> you know, it's like we had basically four movies picked out. We had one for what, the first episode we missed. and or We had two for the first episode we missed, and then two more for the next episode we missed, and these are the ones we decided to stick with. So there you go. <laughs> Um, which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Uh, let's start with Scare Package 2. Rad Chad's Revenge. Friends, family, it means so much to me that you're here today. But it also means I've met my tragic but clearly untimely demise. So here you all are at my best friend's funeral. But why? Let's bring this dude back to life. I wouldn't do that if I were you. We don't have a choice. You can't kill pure evil. How would you like to play a game? He's gonna kill us all! We need to do something! Sequels are the lifeblood of the horror genre. We are the final girls. They don't kill us. Guys, I think she's dead. You couldn't have put bees inside of us. You didn't respect horror. But now... He will. <laughs> We're so dead.
pretty good. Rad Chad, like, there's this. Was like, I think it was like a brother of somebody my my brother was friends with or something. His name was Chad, and like it was, <laughs> it wasn't like a, a a compliment. It was it was always like to antagonize him, but he was called him Bad Rad Chad. <laughs> Did he hate it? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, your name's Chad. What do you fucking expect? Right. <laughs> All right, so scare package two colon. Actually, there's probably not a colon. I don't see a colon anywhere. No, oh, yeah, there's a colon right here. Um, Rad Chad's if you revenge. Dig deep enough, you'll find the colon. <laughs> Everything has a colon. <laughs> um. Uh, obviously, it's... well, I mean, every every number two has a colon. <laughs> there's a t-shirt. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so yeah, so this is obviously a sequel to uh, the original Scare Package, which came out in 2020. Which we did on the show. We also did that on the show. Um, yeah, and honestly, I really should have rewatched that. You know, as much as this one calls back to it, yeah, probably we probably both should have. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I didn't really expect this to call back to it so much. Yeah, well, like, honestly, I had forgotten that it was a anthology. Oh, really? Yeah, it, I don't know. Like, once I started watching this, I'm like, oh, right, it was, okay. But, um, you know, it obviously had its wraparound story, which is what this continues, is that wraparound story. Um but having forgotten so much about the wraparound, like, mm, should have uh, refreshed my memory with that. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to try and get through it anyway. <laughs> um, so like the first one, this is a, a, a an anthology with its wraparound story based around Rad Chad. Uh now, anybody who's seen the first one, and you know this is a bit of a spoiler. This, this is complicated. It's spoiling a movie which is less than five years, but in order to talk about this, I have to spoil it. It's a challenge. Yeah, it almost feels like we should make like a um, make like a caveat for sequels. Well, we have to. I mean, like, there's no choice. Like, yeah. <laughs> And I think the 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 title Rad Chad's Revenge kind of has implications that because of the implication <laughs> is anyone in danger? <laughs> um so yeah, we can all gather that from the title that Rad Chad is no longer with us. So let's put a big stamp here. Do you put put in a sound effect? Spoiler alert. Right. Did do we did we say something about spoilers for anthologies? I feel like we did. I'm, I think we did. But what it was, couldn't tell you. Just that it's fair game because it's, it's hard to talk about. Anthology. Yeah. I mean, shit. If you say spoiler, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I could say spoiler alert. 9-11 was an inside job. Oh, my God. Here we go again with this. <laughs> Spoiler alert, 
Jet fuel doesn't <laughs> burn at a high enough temperature. Oh, nonsense. That's Tony sorry. with a Q. <laughs> Where would that even fit? Like it's instead of the O. Okay. <laughs> that would be like... Taquoni? Taquoni. Taquini? Okay. So, so yeah, Rad Chad met his demise at the end of the first film. Um, he got his head punched through by the, was it, what's the name? Something Lake, Lake, something Lake Slasher or Lake Killer. Yeah. Um, he was kind of like the hero of the story in his own mind, but he kind of really wasn't, (laughs) um, Devil's Lake Impaler. That's what it was. Um, anyway, so, uh, we open up with this one, uh, at his funeral. Uh, we see, uh, uh an assortment of people, um, ugh, God damn. burps, but it won't come out. It won't come out. I'm trying to get it, but it won't come out. <laughs> uh, we got, um, Rich Summer from Mad Men who's in there, What's he, what's he doing in this? Yeah, like, he popped up, and I was just like, wait, what? And then, like, Lynn saw him and was like, oh, is he an asshole in this, too? <laughs> uh, then Graham Skipper. Fucking love Graham Skipper. He's so good. I I am liking him more and more with everything I see him in. Yeah, he's he's getting less stiff, I guess. Yeah. Like he's, he's starting to loosen up, and his... His line delivery is becoming a little less um, rigid, which was always kind of my issue with with him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this he I think he r- was actually really good in this. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and then of course we've got Jesse. Uh, sorry, Rich Summer plays Rick. Dwight Skip, uh, sorry, Graham Skipper plays Dwight. Um. And then we see returning character uh, Jesse from the first one. She was the final girl in the first movie. Um, and uh, let's see. We're also joined by uh, Kimmy, who is Jesse's girlfriend. Kimmy. <laughs> Kimmy. <laughs> K-Y-M-M-I, which I'm now realizing is not a name. <laughs> um. And uh, let's see who else is there. Yeah, so Kimmy, uh, Jesse's girlfriend. And then we also see Rad Chad sitting in there, dressed like fucking Bert from Mary Poppins. Uh, and we find out that is actually Chad's brother. Um, who is for some, for some reason British. Right. <laughs> but uh, God damn it, what was his name? Um, Bo. Right. His Chad's but brother, Bo. Um we're soon joined by uh, <laughs> uh, Jesse's mom, um, who's played by Kelly Maroney, who's, you know, uh, 80s scream queen royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so they all sit down. For, at the for like a hot second, I thought it was Quiggles. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, so uh, they all sit down, and you know the, the service begins. You know, we see a casket up the front, and uh, the funeral director, director Moira, I guess is her name. I don't remember her name ever actually being said, but yeah, I don't either. Uh, she wheels out, you know, just the standard AV cart that you, you had in elementary school, you know, like a big CRT TV. Yeah, a big big tube TV with a VCR, you know, squeaky wheels. <laughs> She wheels it out into the to the middle of the, you know, the, the front of the funeral home, and uh, plays a video. Not will just just a video of of Chad kind of saying his final thoughts for his his friends and family. Looking good down there. <laughs> Popo. <laughs> um. So he, uh, in this video, he's talking, he's going through just this like random assortment of like ways he could have died. And he's like, <laughs> it, you know, when I tragically was, God, I can't remember what they were. A lot of them were like based around different horror movies. Um, yeah. Like great white sharks. And like at one point he just says elaborate puzzle box. Right. Um, and then, you know, like um, Moyer, she starts fast forwarding through the video, and that's when we get like little snippets of like the different things that he's saying. And then we finally land on "Punched to the Face by the Devil's Lake," right? Devil's Lake, Lake Impaler, Impaler. Um, and uh, yeah, he continues on, just kind of almost eulogizing himself. Um, and that's when he announces that he's got a, a challenge for all the guests. Uh, and do you, do you remember the details of this? I, I, I am spacing a little bit. Uh, did he go into it yet? Or just not to, is this when the gas comes out? I don't recall. I, I can't, did I say this on air? I don't, I don't remember if I did, but I was like trying to watch this while managing a toddler. And that was difficult. Because <laughs> <laughs> he decided he was going to play with his noisy toys today. <sighs> yeah, I, I think he just... Uh... I think he kind of just like did his eulogy and then like kind of dismissed people before people before people could leave. All the doors lock and then the gas starts coming out. Right. Or no, I don't think gas comes out yet because they all stand up and they're like, "What's going on? You know, we can't get out." And then they start throwing up on each other. Yeah, that's not till after they wake up. Is it? Yeah, because that's when he tells them they have a poison. Okay, so they're at the funeral and. Yeah, like I think everyone stands up to like leave, but then the doors lock and this gas starts coming out, knocks everybody out, and then they wake up and it's very like saw. There's you know plastic wrap on the walls and right. shit. And yeah, then the video comes on and he says, you know, he's like, "Would you like to play a game?" <clears throat> Excuse me, do you want to play a game? Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, and then uh, you know they're all kind of freaking out and they're trying to. Oh, there, there's also uh, another person there. Um, who the fuck was he? What was his name? Who? Which guy? Um, the guy who's the he was like an actor. Oh yeah, who the hell was that guy? I don't know. Kirk was that his name? I don't know. It's him and his security guard. Who I th- I thought that was R. Kelly. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> It's like, man, that's unfortunate. Did he get a day pass to film this? <laughs> um, 
Anyway, uh, yeah. Kirk, I think was his name. But who was he? He was, it was an actor of some kind. I think. But it why was, was he there? I don't know. Like maybe none like of a, that ever got explained. Like a John Stamos type thing. <laughs> Just comes and sheds a single tear. Did Chad know John Stamos? <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, so it, it, all these people they're, they're trying to figure out how to get out, uh, and then they start throwing up on each other. Yeah, because he tells him he's like, you know, you called horror fans sick. Well, we are sick, and now you're sick too. There's a poison flowing through your veins. You know, very jigsaw esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then somebody's like, you know, he's he's probably lying. He's, it's probably all fake. It's just a big game. They're like, because they're all like, it's an escape room. <laughs> and the cramps. <laughs> Skipper's like, I did an escape room once, and the key was in my shoe. <laughs> um, Not helpful. We did an escape room when we were in Colorado, and they told us we had one of the fastest times they've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, nice. It was good because we did. We thought we did terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so then they all start because when they're like, you know, it's probably all fake, and then one of them just yeah <laughs> throws up all over uh, Rick's arm, and then his <laughs> arm just disintegrates. <laughs> Oh yeah, there was that girl. Who the hell was she? Yeah, I don't know. She did. She died quick, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, and so they just like start throwing up on each other and just melting each other away. Like, so yeah, she. So now Rick's got one arm. Yeah, and then uh, and then somebody threw up on her, and she like melted. Right. I think it was. I think it was Graham. Or I think it was Graham Skipper. Yeah, Dwight. I think he threw up on her, and she melted. Oh, is that his character? Is that what you said, Dwight Skipper earlier? Yeah, character is Dwight. Yeah. Um, And then uh, let's see, Kirk and Bert, who's the actor and his bodyguard, they start throwing up on each other, and they turn into just this like they they throw up on each other so much that they melt together. They shunt. They turn it into this big, like, incredible melting man, like, mush pit. After the security guard, like, confe- confesses his love for, wasn't it Kirk? Yeah, that was so weird. Yeah, because <laughs> he, like, like, he, like, jumps in front of him so nobody can puke on him. And then Kirk is just like, what's happening? And he turns around and he goes, I would let anything happen to you. And, like, puts his arm around him. And then they start kissing. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't like, and I, I. I had to assume that was, like, what they were going for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, like the whole time, it's like I must have been this internal monologue because Kirk's like, "What's happening?" Yeah, but their mouths were moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so they melt, and I think Kirk was famous for playing a character that looked pretty much identical to how he ended up, like a horror character, if I remember right. Oh, really? Yeah, because. I think he he said like something like this is ironic or or something like that after he was melted. <laughs> um so all this is going on, you know, like they the, the, in this wraparound story, the scare package wraparound story. These people are trapped within this funeral home trying to escape all these very saw-esque puzzles and challenges except with with a comedic bent yeah, to them to hilarious results right you know to to receive the antidote 
to the poison that they've been given, uh, they have to play beer pong. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't really fully understand the rules. Well, each cup had a number, and they had to get them in the right numbers, but they did not really talk about how they figured out what the numbers were. Yeah, all they did was the first number. Uh, yeah, which, then the first number was 12 because they watch a movie and it took place at midnight. Right. Um, oh, that's right. So we, okay, I guess I skipped over to the first movie already. Yeah. So yeah, interspersed throughout this are shorts or you know, short films. Yeah, just some of Rad Chad's favorites. Yeah. Um, the Rad Chad recommendations. Right. Uh, so the first one is Welcome to the 90s. Um, which might have been my favorite, just kind of the campiness of it. Um, basically, the premise is that there are two sorority houses next to each other. One is for the final girls, and the, what was the other one? Sure to die. Sure to die girls. Um, and so it's, it's New Year's Eve. and 1989. 1989, and we see... From the outside, we can tell that 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 the sure to die girls are having this big rager party, and the final girls is very dark, you know, quiet, nothing else, you know, nothing going on. And on the sidewalk, we see who's very clearly just a masked killer. <laughs> can we talk about this mask? It was kind of like a like a baby face with a bowl cut. Yeah, like a Mark <laughs> Davis bowl cut. <laughs> But the face was like almost looked like it had clown paint on it. Like it looked yeah. like really white. And like I think, I think one of the eyes was just like all blue. I think so, yeah. And his name was Tony. <laughs> yeah. So he walks like we're we're in the final girl's house and we get like the kind of like this freeze frames of each girl. Very like Tarantino-esque. Yeah. And you know, you get um their their name and like a little blurb Some about stats, them. Yeah. Um and so we get uh we get Ginny. And we get Nancy, and we get Laurie, and we no, get... No, they didn't show Laurie. They didn't, right, they didn't show Laurie at first, okay. Um, and Ellen. Ellen. And Sally. And Sally, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, so it was Sally was from Texas, hates chainsaws or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, obviously, I mean, this is um, Nancy Thompson from... Or takes on Nancy Thompson from Nightmare... Ginny from Friday the 13th. Um, Ellen Ripley. Ellen Ripley. From Alien. Uh, and Sally Hardesty from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. And then also elsewhere in the house, we have Lori, who's obviously. Now, like when they all introduced him, I was like, no Lori? Like, how do you not have a Lori? And then, yeah, like they hear a scream in the other room and they run in. They're like, oh my God, Lori. Like, yeah. Ah, there she is. Yeah. And she's obviously like a very bookish, quite. I mean, all of them, except for like the. Ellen, who's like very like edgy, you know, she's wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so uh, they're all sitting. Um, was it Ginny's knitting a sweater? The rest of them are just kind of reading or you know sitting around doing whatever. And we hear, was it is your glass shatter or something? Something or, like that, yeah. And we we see uh, the killer standing in the in the entryway, and. I think it was Nancy or, or one of them looks up and says, Tony, you're in the wrong house again. It's like, uh, you know, obviously, because the final girls never get killed, you know, yeah. because they're so quiet and bookish and virginal. Virginal and chaste, and yeah. Um, 
And so naturally, Tony must be wanting to go next door <laughs> to the sure to die house. Uh, so he walks off, but then we hear a scream from elsewhere in the house, and we see that Lori has a knife in her head. And they're all just like, what? <laughs> what? What is this? We're like, you know, talk, talking what about. What happened? Yeah. Talking about how this can't possibly be right. They can't, she can't possibly be dead because this doesn't happen to them because they're final girls. But Lori is sure enough dead. And like, apparently the slasher, the killer has changed his tastes. Um, and then at the door, we get, we hear a knock and it's Buffy from next door. You know, Buffy who li- listens to Slayer, likes, or likes a good steak. Uh, there's one more thing I, I can't remember. remember, but it, you know, clearly a play in a cheerleader on, uniform. Yeah, in cheerleader, uh, clearly a play on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, and uh, they invite her in, or she wants to borrow a beer, a beer bong, a beer bong, yeah, <laughs> and she ends up using a turkey baster instead. <laughs> this is something else. <laughs> uh, and so they ultimately try to use her as bait. It doesn't work out, so they try to make her look like one of them, you know, like dress her down, and like they, they try to make her look like nerdy and virginal, and they're just like she's still too hot. <laughs> yeah, so they give her some big old glasses, right? Um, and uh, anyway, so the whole thing behind this was kind of the changing of the the, the genre in the '90s, you know, where you had this late '70s or in in '80s where slashers was all about you know the final girl being the the quiet virginal one um who kind of comes through in the end and then the 90s slowly migrating towards those are the ones that you got got killed at the beginning you know just to kind of flip things on their head mm-hmm. um and it wasn't necessarily the the slutty ones that were saved but they weren't necessarily the primary targets commenting on movies like scream i know you did last summer those kinds of you know, 90s teen slashers. Um, anyway, uh, like I'll, I'll steer away from kind of spoiling the end because I don't really have to. Um, yeah, and just in a matter of time, too, we could probably kind of try to breeze through the, the interspersed movies a little more than the wraparound story. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but honestly, it's like, I think it's the details of the wraparound story, what I remember the least, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that was that, and then we get back to the wrap round where they're again they're playing um, beer pong to to get the antidote. I don't really understand how those rules worked. Yeah, like I said, every cup had a number, and uh, Rick was like, you know, you have to throw it in the right number, and they don't explain how they know what the numbers are. There's no like clues or like games or anything. It's he still does all the cups. Yeah. So I don't really understand. I mean, there must have been some rhyme or reason to it. I but... guess. Rick knows numbers because he's he was Chad's accountant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then he uh, gave a, gave it up so he could work with children to be a third base coach. Yeah, now he can't leave kids home. Because <laughs> his arm is gone. Um, <clears throat> and then... Fucking Kelly Maroney is like, you can go to third base with me anytime. <laughs> Even though, like, she's hitting on him as he only has one arm. So she's still into it. Right. She's into one arm guys. I don't know. Um, 
you're going to have to remind me where these, I mean, I guess it's kind of inconsequential where the, uh, where the short films fit in. Yeah. But you're going to have to remind me exactly where they land. Okay. Um, so they play the beer pong and then, um, fuck. They get gassed again. Right. They're continually getting gassed. It's like kind of an ongoing gag. Every, in between every challenge, they get gassed and just, uh, uh, it, where it comes to a point where they're just like, oh, God, again. Here we go again. <laughs> um, so they get gassed and they wake up. Um, uh, fuck they're it. chained to the wall by their necks. Was that? That was the next one, yeah. Why did it seem like it was so much later in the movie? It's not the B one. Not the B. Oh, yeah. But even that. Not the B. <laughs> um. Dude, man, you might need to take the lead on this one. Fuck, I'm totally spacing on the details of this. Uh, um, <laughs> what do you remember? What the next short was, at least? Uh, if I remember that, that might help me. Let's see. Do you have the names of them? The night you came back again? That might be the next one. Um, but yeah, so they... they <laughs> the went... night he came back again, part six. The night she came back. Yeah. <laughs> they wake up and um, Graham Skipper is like, you know, obviously the um, mortuary woman is in on it. She's like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, you work at a funeral home. You're obviously creepy. <laughs> So they have great benefits. Yeah, she's like, you know, they just have great benefits. <laughs> um, shit. I don't remember how they got out of this room, though. I don't even remember what the challenge was. Man. I thought I remembered it way better than this. Yeah, work. we are just fucking up. Uh, but yeah, they watch this the, the short film that Rad Chad shows, I, I think is... What's it called? The night he came home. Six. The night she came home. The night he came back again. Back again. Part, part six. six. The night, the night she, she came, came back. It's uh, like the the look of it is very Friday the Thirteenth because like she's this camper and she's trying to kill this guy, but then this guy comes out of the shadows and shoots the killer, and it's very Halloween inspired. And he's just like, um, says, you know, talks about how the, this guy was pure evil. And he says, but that's not all. He's your, and then he gets stabbed through the back. Mm-hmm. And, or no, he gets his throat slashed. And theoretically dies, dies, dies. <laughs> and then they jump forward, I think it's a year maybe. And she goes back and she goes to her brother's grave. And it's like, 1973 through 1995 crossed out. 1996 crossed right. out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the killer comes back and the guy comes out and shoots him again. And he's like, he's got a um, one of those talk boxes. And he's just like, you know, I, I tried to tell you that he's yours. She's like, yeah, I know. He's my brother. And he's like, yes, but that's not all. Because you, and then he gets killed. <laughs> And the killer takes off his mask, and it's one of the guys from the first movie. Um, Connor? 
that his name? What are the guys from? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't recall what his name was, but... Yeah, I don't either. Uh, not Connor, because that's not on here. But anyway, he, like, grabs her and, like, spins her head around and kills her, you think. But then the, the talk box guy, who's... <laughs> his talk box keeps, like, malfunctioning and makes him talk really high. <laughs> and he's just like, that's what I was trying to tell you. You're both invincible. <laughs> And so they're like trying to kill each other, but they're both, they both can't be killed. So finally she throws him in his grave and takes this big giant firework. It says, God, it had some goofy name. It was like the Uh, the grand finale or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Throws it in the, in the grave and starts to walk away. And the guy reaches out, grabs her by the ankle and pulls her into the grave. The final kill. Final kill. Yeah fireworks start going off and then all of a sudden this like mashup of her and the masked guy like rises up out of the grave (laughs) okay yeah so that happens and then we go back to the people who are locked up in in the other wraparound story and how do they get out of this room uh so I'm just. Um... Owie. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, there's this fucking little like Billy type doll from from Saw, but it looks <laughs> looks like Chad. Yeah. So okay, yeah, so they're they're all trying to figure out who's be who's working with him because somebody must be because Chad's dead. Um. Or, you know, who's behind it. They're all, all pointing fingers at each other. Um, and then we get the big reveal that it's actually Sam. Who was, of course, from the first movie, he was Chad's number one customer, biggest fan, who Chad would never let work at Rad Chad's uh, Horror Emporium. Um, but, uh, so he's captured all these people for never truly appreciating Chad's greatness. Yeah. Or pretty uh, much horror in general. Right. I love to, he's like, you know, they're like, where did you come from? And he's like, I've always been here. And it like kind of flashes back to earlier in the movie. It's like they're at the funeral and as the gas is going off, he's like eating chips and dip. <laughs> <laughs> but of course we know, we remember him dying in the first movie and got it slashed across the belly. All his guts fell onto the ground. But apparently he bounced back from that because he's in a wheelchair now, but he's otherwise okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a horror sequel. That's what, what happens, right? Yeah, ridiculous shit. Yeah, so they get gassed again, and then this is the next one is the bees. <laughs> right. They wake up. They're still chained to the wall, but now they have these big wicker and, and netting head headgear on, uh, and over the speaker we hear... The, the jigsaw voice again. Um, like, so there's there's a part where this puppet talks like without like all the um, you know effects and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, is that fucking Seth Green? <laughs> it's not. No, but, but I legitimately thought it was. No, it's it, it. It's the creator Aaron Koontz. Oh, is it? I yeah. thought it was Chad. No, it's Aaron Koontz. Oh, okay. Um, 
I I was shocked there was no not the bees. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you do that and not include this include that in this? Yeah, that's like the funniest line like, in the entire. They've already movie. got the head gimmick on, yeah. like. But yeah, over the speaker, he announces that he's put ten thousand bees inside of them. Inside of them, <laughs> and they're all just kind of like looking at each other, like, "Wait, you can't couldn't have put them inside of us." Yeah, like we would know if there was bees <laughs> inside of us, right? But then they see start seeing bees like floating around, like inside their head things, and like then, one flies out of Rick's arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kelly Marie's like, "Oh, one just came out of your arm." <laughs> so they're all just trying to figure out how to get out, you know, and stop the bees. Um, and right, uh, the 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 old uh. Funeral home woman, she like sits down. And she's like, "It's it's too late for me." Well, so they they, I think another portion of the of the room opens up, and this is after Bo dies because he gets just stung to death. <laughs> another portion of the room opens up, and there are a bunch of spoons set out on podiums, and in the spoons are a mysterious, mysterious brown powder. Oh, and yeah. that's when Moira, the, f- the funeral home uh, director, she says it's cinnamon. I use cinnamon in my garden k- to kill a bees. <laughs> so then what they have to do is the cinnamon challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so they all basically because the the um, the voiceover thing said like X marks the spot like it doesn't saw, and there was like a big X on the wall where all the keys were. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so Jesse just like gets up and walks over and grabs the keys. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's funny because, you know, obviously this is a very heavy play on on saw, but all of the sol- like not all of the sol- most of the solutions are so stupid. Yeah. But, you know, Sam's kind of a dipshit, so yeah. It's to be expected. Yeah, so they have to do the cinnamon challenge to kill the bees. Yeah, and they all like start just overreacting and just like saying, though, they should have just taken the bees. Um, and meanwhile, Moira's head is just getting more and more swollen with like all these festering. Uh, yeah, because she, she says she's allergic to bees, so it's too late for her. Right. Um, but yeah, like by the end, she like looked like something out of street trash or yeah. something. Like, <laughs> And her head just pops open. <laughs> yeah, and a, then and a single bee is like. <laughs> So we lost Moira and Bo. Um, and then they get gassed again. <laughs> and they're all just like, God damn it. I'll be honest with you. I thought Bo was going to end up being Chad. I kind of thought so, too. I thought it was going to be like, yeah, we knew. We knew the whole time. Yeah. But um, anyway, so they get gassed again. And they wake up. Um, I think... Oh, so we, we, they wake up and they're chained up again, but this time like they're, um, I don't know, like some kind of like, uh, mechanical connection to the wall. Um, (laughs) the trike like rolls in. It's like got like bloody tracks behind it. It's squeaking. And then the puppet walked up. (laughs) He's like, sorry, that was very unprofessional. It got away from me. (laughs) And Rick is just like. I think it was it was either Rick or Graham Scrooge was like, nope, don't like that. 
Because the puppet walking is terrifying. It's like Kermit the Frog walking. Like, it, it's just jarring. <laughs> yeah, if it's riding on a bike, that's one thing. But when it's walking on its own, hard no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is when we launch into the next uh, short film. Uh, what was this one called? Um, I don't know. I didn't like this one. It, yeah. Um, it was... The concept was kind of funny, but like it was, wasn't my favorite. My my cup of tea. Um, God damn it! What was it called? Uh, special edition. That's what it was. Um, why do I remember this being later in the movie? Yeah, so did I. Anyway, so yeah, so special edition. Uh, it it is <laughs> so goofy. It takes it's kind of like a spin on like the ring, but it involves something that some people may not be very familiar with. There's this urban legend surrounding the movie Three Men and a Baby. There's a scene in there uh where if you look like it's it's on there for a fraction of a second. But in the background against the window, it looks like there might be a shotgun. And then a sp- half a second later, the same window, it looks like there's a, a, a boy standing in the window. A young boy. Yeah, I'm a young boy. So there's this been this urban legend that the house they were shooting in, uh, uh, a boy killed himself with a shotgun. That's why the house was open and available to shoot in. Um, and so he was basically haunting the movie. Uh, that movie was shot on a soundstage, so there was no house. It's, it's been debunked that there was like a cardboard cutout of somebody. Of Ted Danson. Was that of Ted Danson? Yeah. Uh, the Ted Danson machine. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's it's just a ridiculous urban legend but this one makes a makes a play on it uh involving some uh elements of like the ring and those those types of movies um or these girls they they move out to a lighthouse for some reason (laughs) like that's never actually explained right i don't think so but they move out to this lighthouse and it's like it seems like it's just the the goal of this one girl to study three men and a baby and figure out this urban legend and uh, you know, it comes to be that watching it has invoked this this demon or you know the the, the boy in in three minute baby, <laughs> and he comes out and just starts killing off the girls and you know it, it, it it's ridiculous. Uh, it, like I said, conceptually funny, but it just on screen it wasn't that great. Yeah, the look of the demon was kind of cool. Yeah, but. I just compared him to Gary, and Gary was was much better. <laughs> Wait, Gary. From that movie last night. Why am I totally spacing on what you're talking about? The demon guy, Gary. We were we talked about him. We sat there talking about Gary for like five minutes. Demon guy, Gary. Oh, my God. My brain is just shutting down right now. What are you talking about? From Damned Supper. Oh, Gary. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gary is awesome. Gary rules. <laughs> Gary's a legend. Um, anyway. 
Uh, but, but anyway, so uh, what's what's the killer guy's name? Sam. Oh yes, Sam bursts out of the TV like Freddy Krueger, <laughs> like Dream Warriors. And this is when him and the puppet start arguing, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like you know in Saw, the Billy doll. It's being controlled by Jigsaw, right? And this, they're two. He's sentient. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's like a he's like a paid he's like a paid employee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Sam keeps trying to monologue and the puppet's trying to wheel out and the trike keeps squeaking. <laughs> Sam's like, could we please show a modicum of professionalism? <laughs> <laughs> oh Christ! Um, let's see. So he sends Kelly Maroney off to find the key in the dark and it's using like a found footage yeah kind of element because they're watching it on a screen but she's using like a handheld camera and it's all you know night vision yeah but meanwhile all these chains are like ripping graham skipper to shreds <laughs> only graham skipper. only graham skipper. like it's totally like they're dropping from the ceiling but everybody else is just like they're like it's dropping next to them or they like just kind of easily dodge them but they're just like whipping out and like ripping the flesh off of graham skipper. And he's even saying he's like am i the only one <laughs> it's like to the point where he's been like completely flayed and like he's laying on the ground like Uncle Frank yeah, in Hellraiser. Yeah, and he's like written on the wall, I'm in hell. Hell help me. Help me. <laughs> and then but I uh Sam is like, if anyone is tired of being tortured, just let me know and we'll go ahead and just dial back. And Sam Crab Scrubber's like, uh, yeah. He's like pointing to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see. But then Kelly Maroney comes back with the key and he kills her anyways. Right. But but it didn't like show exactly what happened. No, but she just like somehow I don't know if it was the chains or what, but she got like split into fourths. Yeah, yeah. Horizontally. And then they get gassed again. Right. <laughs> um so from here they wake up again. And now they've they're in Rad Chad's Empor- uh, horror emporium. Yes. Uh and now they have explosive devices strapped to their necks. And I like how, like, Graham Skipper, he's, or Dwight, he's still flayed, but now he's wearing this <laughs> all-white suit like Julia in Hellraiser 2. <laughs> yes. And he's just like, all right. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, and this is when Sam says, or so Sam plays the next show or this is all still from Raj like all like it's not just Sam it's Rad Chad uh his video will essentially yeah basically um and it's all been a game like he set up this game for them to play but it's presumed that it's Sam who's like turned it on its head yeah to make it more violent and deadly 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 um so yeah he plays this video saying, uh, or, you know, explaining this next um, short, uh, which is, um, oh, what the hell is it called? Um, oh, wait, you know what? I think this is We're So Dead. What the hell is the other one called? 
Well, you, you didn't say We're So Dead before. Oh, I said special edition, right. Yeah. This is so, so this is We're So Dead uh, out of the UK. Actually, special edition was too. Uh, but this one's out of the UK. And it sends around a bunch, uh, uh, a bunch of kids. You know, first, this older guy is typing and kind of having his internal monologue talking about his childhood and how he and his friends found this dead body. <laughs> and uh, they decide to bring the body home and try to bring him back to life. Yep. Because their friend, uh, who's this apparently a child prodigy, uh, has invented basically what is the reagent from Reanimator. <laughs> Did you notice that kid's name? I can't remember what it was. It was Stats. St- oh, he's like basically gadget. data. Like gizmo? Or data. Yeah. Why did I think Gizmo? But yeah, data. Right. Or data. Data. Um, I was like, ha, Stats, data. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. <laughs> and instead of Asian, he's like Indian. Indian, yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so they bring this dead body home, <laughs> and the the girl character, um, oh, what the hell is her name? And the names aren't of, of any consequence, I guess. The girl character, she's got this fucking desert eagle. Yeah, her dad brought home from Desert Storm. Yeah. Because he used to shoot Saddam in the face, and now they have one of his lookalikes. Right. <laughs> um, so they give him what is basically a reagent. You know, it's like a neon glowing green yeah it's the exact liquid thing. of some sort and uh shortly after the you know, the guy it rides, wakes up screaming yeah and so the girl shoots him in the head and i'm like why did you do that it's like i don't know i'm not very good with this thing and so uh they give it to give him more of this liquid or this re oh, let's just call it reagent more of the reagent and he comes back to life again, and was it she shoot him again? I think she starts to, but... And then he uh, shoots the fat kid. Yeah. <laughs> shoots his ear off. And, uh, or wait, no. So he comes back to life again, and they're like, don't shoot him. And uh, he, was, uh, stats, says... Uh, you know, calm down. You know, we're not going to hurt you. You know, something along those lines. And he bites his fingers. The guy bites his fingers off. Yeah. And that's when the girl starts shooting again. Instead of shooting him, shoot. Or I guess she does shoot him, but not in the face. It's like in the stomach. Yeah. And he dies again. But he also she also misfires and shoots the fat kid in the ear. And his ear just falls on the ground. <laughs> like shoots his ear clean off. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so it's just kind of like this back and forth between, like, killing this guy and bringing him back to life, and eventually he's, like, uh, he's, he's over time become more verbal, like, he, he's kind of relearned how to talk, and just, like, criticizing them, and, um, ultimately they kill the, the fat kid, because he got dismembered somehow, I can't remember exactly, and then it incorporates elements of the fly, by putting him in these teleporter pods, and Stats is like, if we put him in here, he'll reassemble or disassemble and reassemble over there. <laughs> and this disembodied head now is criticizing them for uh, you're just like that's not going to work. None of this is going to work. But uh, at the last minute, the cat jumps in, and so similar to the fly, this kid recombines with the fly, 
and uh, and it's the 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 ongoing uh, issue, like the 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 challenge that's ongoing in this whole short is that they need to get this this fat kid home. I'm, Call him Fat Kid. I don't. I don't know his name. I feel bad calling him the Fat Kid, but he's the Fat Kid. Um, but they need to get him home by seven, otherwise his mom's gonna have a shit because she's the original Karen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they send him home, and he's now alive and not dismembered anymore. But he's also part cat. He's a human cat. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he lived a nice long life, and you know this this guy, this adult guy is reminiscing on his childhood events of this whole thing. So <clears throat> this is over. We go back to the wraparound, and you know everybody's in rad chads, and uh, Sam pops up and he says, "Now you have you know explosive devices attached to your head or to your necks. The only way to save yourself." Is to find the movies that w- that uh, that film sh- directly referenced. Yeah. So they're running around the uh, the store trying to think of like what did this reference? And I think um, Jesse immediately thinks, okay, the stand. Stand by me. Or sorry, yes, stand by me. Um, and, <laughs> and then Graham Skipper just comes and stands right next to her. She's <laughs> like, no, no, the, the Stephen King movie. So she goes and gra- grabs it. And so they start trying to look around for other things. And eventually Sam pops up again. And he's like, are you guys getting, or why does he pop up? He says something like, he's just like, I'm just getting bored of this. And I also hate you guys. So, uh, so time, that, time to bring back an old friend. Right. And that's when he releases the Devil's Lake Impaler. Impaler. Why can't I not remember that word? Once Imp- again, played by Dustin Rhodes, <laughs> aka Gold Dust. Right. So they are working against this clock. They have an, they, the, the, was it the five of them? Is that five? I think there's only four. Dwight, Jesse, Rick, Rick, and the girlfriend, yeah. whatever her name is. Uh, Kimmy. Kimmy. I think that's K- it. Kimmy. Kimmy. <laughs> okay, so four of them then. Uh, the four of them have a total of a minute and a half to find movies to save themselves that you know that this one was inspired by. Yeah, we we can count and them and rewind on. them. <laughs> well, I don't think he me- mentions that they're trying. Okay, we got the tape now. What do we do? It's like be kind, rewind. Yeah, be kind, rewind. So they put them in the rewinders, and as they do, you know, one by one, their collars deactivate. But yeah, I mean, we can go through that, and it's like okay, so clearly, stand by me. It and they never mention it, but clearly some it in there. Goonies, Goonies, um, the fly, the fly, reanimator, and that. So they go through and they they manage. Let's see, Kimmy gets one, Dwight gets one, Zoe, or sorry, that's her real name. Jesse has one in her hand, and she still has. No, she tossed Stand by Me to, to Dwight, right? Yeah. And then Graham Scripps like, what's the one with the fly where the guy turns into the fly? Right. <laughs> um, so she she grabs the fly, and I don't think she ever actually she hadn't de- deactivated it yet. And Rick, he's just like, there's one more. There's one where there's a the, the talking head, and you know, they use the the reagent to bring people back to life. It's like, what is it? What is it? What is it? They can't think of the title. And right as the um so 
Jesse takes her movie and goes and rewinds it and deactivates her collar and Rick kind of sacrifices himself and his clock ticks down and he goes it was reanimator and this is just as about the uh, the just as the devil's lake impaler is about to kill him the collar starts beeping and goes off and blows them both up and then the reanimator tape like flies across the screen right. <laughs> the the neon green yeah reanimator tape classic you remember when they did that with like like Nickelodeon movies? It was all orange, all yeah. Orange. That was that was dope. For some reason, they were cooler. Like it was, <laughs> oh, it's not it's not black. It's orange. This is amazing. Well, it's like hey, you could buy this vinyl for thirty dollars, or you can buy this green vinyl for fifty dollars. Right. And you're like, well, obviously, I'm getting the green one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done that a couple times. I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, I bought a couple ghost albums just because they look cool. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Anyway, so uh, yeah, everything blows up, but somehow <laughs> the devil's like a paler survives. He comes walking out of the flames. I mean, he already ex- survived one explosion. Yeah, into the first movie. Um, and let's see, where do we go past there? The remaining three like run through the door. <laughs> Before that, Jesse's just like, um. You know, we'll just run right through this door. And Sam is sitting there and he's like, oh, this door? And he like, there's a button to push the door and he can't reach it from his wheelchair. <laughs> and so then they run through the door and they're back in the um, funeral home. Oh, but there's one more. There's a Friday the 13th reference that like. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because Sam was wearing this red jersey with the number like 81 on it. And I'm like, I know that's a reference to something, but I cannot think of what it is and he's in a wheelchair and it's just like why god damn it what is this and then i think it's jesse throws yeah, it jesse. throws a machete at his face it catches him vertically across the face and, and he, he rolls goes, down the stairs he goes yeah wheeling backwards and outside he goes down the stairs i'm like friday the 13th too that's yep. what it is um okay so yeah they end up back in the funeral parlor um and this, so they're okay. So they get gassed again, and then they wake up in the, yes. in the funeral parlor, and they're all chained up again. This time by the ankle, and hanging from the middle of the room is a tape recorder that says "Play Me." And so they, uh, oh, Dwight throws his shoe at it, so it swings into Jesse's hand. And she pulls it down and plays it. And a key falls out of his shoe. <laughs> He's like, there was a key in my shoe. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. Uh, she plays it, and on the tape is Chad uh, talking about how none of them really cared about horror, how they've been you know, disrespectful of the thought of you know horror as B-movies and yada, yada, yada. And or was it who was on the tape? Was it Chad or Sam? Fuck. I don't remember. It was kind of inconsequential because it basically just led to Kimmy getting up and handing her. A yeah, tape. Kimmy gets up, or sorry, she pulls a key out of a locket that she had around her neck and unlocks herself. It's like okay, this is like the big jigsaw reveal from saw from the first saw. Um, 
and she pulls a tape out of her pants and hands it to Jesse, and Jesse plays it, and it's just Kimmy <laughs> talking on the tape. Talking yeah, while about, Kimmy is standing there. Yeah. It's like, well, couldn't she just told her this? <laughs> talking about how they all disrespected uh, her, her mentor, and how so they, you know, they're all getting what they deserve, and blah, blah, blah. She walks up over to the um, to the casket and upsets Chad, you know, with his big punch through the face mug, which he pulls off. <laughs> so he's wearing this mask that is supposed to look like he got punched through the face, but you can see his face through. Yeah, I don't know really how that worked. <laughs> um, <laughs> he pulls it off and it's like stuck to his hand. He just. Yeah. <laughs> And then he like crawls crawls out of the co- uh, the casket like like precariously it's like yeah. <laughs> like having a hard time getting out. And then uh, yeah he he goes into this kind of monologue about how uh, you know he spent his you know some kind of inheritance on uh, building his you know horror emporium, but then nobody ever really cared. And, you know, despite his best efforts, nobody, he couldn't get people in the door and nobody gave a shit. And like, um, you know, just kind of thought of him as like a big joke. And so this is kind of his like revenge, revenge. And then and there you go. You, you could say it was Rad Chad's revenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you find out he was like working with the Devil's Lake Impaler the whole time. Right. Um, and yeah, he just kind of goes out and everybody's still chained up and he walks out of the room and pulls, you know, pulls the the door shut like Jigsaw <laughs> did at the end of the... I love he's like trying to explain himself and they're like, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> and then he's just like, game over and shuts the door. They're just like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Chad and Kimmy go and meet up with... Uh, Chad's employee, I can't remember his name. Is it from like the JD or something. I don't know. It's, I want to say it was a letter, like an initial name. Yeah, it's a tiny little guy from the first movie. Yeah, it was, and uh, the Devil's Lake Impaler who's sitting in the backseat. Right. <laughs> and they all take off in uh, their big yellow caddy or whatever it was. Yeah. And that's the end. He's like, Pop couldn't come. He, oh right. He's got a Joe Bob uh, picture hanging from his rear view, and he like kisses it. Yeah, and. And the guy's like, nobody's waiting for your call. Yeah, after the credits, or yes, mid credits, mid credits, we get Chad's like, you see like the bottom corner of his face, like holding a phone to his mouth, and you see this phone ring with a with a bearded lizard on it, or a bearded dragon on it, wearing a cowboy hat. So you kind of know. Yeah, and you see this who's calling, you know, cuffed shirt with the yeah like, pearl buttons and stuff like. I forget what he says, but... I don't think he says anything. It's just like... Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch it real quick. Oh, okay, so yeah, he <laughs> starts riffing on uh, Silence of the Lambs. He says, oh, have the lambs stopped screaming, Papa? <laughs> Seriously, he needs to know. I'm having friends over for dinner. <laughs> So basically, I don't know, there's implications that Joe Bob is, is his dad. He keeps calling him Papa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Joe Bob just hangs up with it on him without saying a word. Yeah. He's like, Papa! 
And then, uh, then that's it. Frazier. <laughs> I should know. I'm, I'm Frazier. So that's it. Um, it, it was a good sequel. Uh, I think I liked the first one better. I liked the first one better. But this one's fine. I mean, <laughs> I know that's not a, like a glowing review, but <laughs> it's all right. It's a serviceable sequel. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was it was uh, well enough on its own. Yeah, I I'd be interested. To see, I mean, because it's an anthology, you know, people are really doing most. Other people are doing most of the work. <laughs> I mean, not not to say shooting the wraparound wasn't work, but I'm saying that the chunk, the the, the meat of the movie was what four uh, short films. Yeah, and that's most of the movie. Yeah, so other people are doing most of the work, um, and you know. All you really have to do is write, what, 20 minutes of wraparound? Probably a little more than that, but yeah. You think? Because it's only an hour and a half. I mean, if we say that the short films are all 15 minutes, that's an hour. I suppose that's true. Anyway, um, but no, I mean, like, it, it's it's funny. and st- Referential, and st- which we always enjoy. Sure. And stupid. Like, it's stupid funny, which is kind of like right up our alley. Yeah. Um, which was intentional. It was, it was supposed to be stupid, right? Um, but yeah, I, I I do think I liked the first one a, a bit more. Um, I think I liked the shorts that were in it a bit more. Um, and uh, yeah, and the wraparound. I think there was more to it because you know, like the wraparound had its little segments, like it did in this. But then it had like the big finale mm-hmm. that went on for what seemed like fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I just think there was a little more to that one that was more to enjoy. Um, but no, the, the the shorts that were in this were of high quality. Um, you know, varying degrees of enjoyability. You know, but that's kind of a personal preference, I guess. Um, And a pretty pretty solid cast for the wraparound too. So yeah, uh, and nothing super big to complain about, I guess. Uh, I just like I said, I did enjoy the first one a bit more than this. Anything to add? Yeah, I agree. I like the first one more. I'm actually looking back at our scores for the first one, and I'm kind of surprised by what I gave it. Really? Um, yeah, I gave it a seven. You gave it an eight. Huh. I, I I remember liking it more than that. Oh, uh, I mean that sounds about right for me from what i remember but again like i need to go back and rewatch it because i was surprised at how little i remembered it yeah um yeah oh god we still have another one another review to do so let's let's wrap this up yeah numbers um let's see i gave the last one an eight uh I'll give it a seven, I guess. All right, yeah, I'm going to give it a seven, too, because I, I, like I said, I like the first one more, but I can't justify giving this a six, so. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's 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 better than a six, but it's not yeah. same as the first one, obviously. Right. Anyway. All right, so that's it. Um, This is obviously a Shutter exclusive, similar to the first one, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you have Shutter for $6.99 a month, 
Watch it. Shutter.com. Uh, yeah, check it out. Go to shutter.com slash graveplotpodcast for an exclusive 404 page. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Bob says, check it out. He probably probably says that. It's, he, it's his gimmick. It's his thing. That and bolo ties. Yep. He does like bolos. All right, so our next movie features no comedy and no bolo ties, but it does feature a lot of fucking. Actually, uh, doesn't What's-His-Face wear a bolo? Billy Baldwin? Doesn't he? Does he? I'm pretty sure. He might, actually. <laughs> All right, so maybe one bolo tie. There is a bolo tie. No, he wears, he's just wearing a tie. Never mind. I'm All right, no kidding. bolo ties, but plenty of blowjobs. It's Candyland. I know what it is you do. There is still time for you. We'll show you the way to the kingdom of heaven. Repent, or you will be left for the final cleansing. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing back here? Are you okay? Who's this? She's from that weirdo cult. I think they're gonna leave for heaven before the rest of us. Was that your mother? Yeah. What happened to her? You don't want to call this kind of thing in. It just creates more problems. Now we just have to clean it up. Are you gonna go home? You can't go home. We have a rule. You stay, you work. But if you work, we take care of you. Because it's rough out there. You a good buddy? Sure I am. Looking for a little... Your mind has been poisoned, and I know it is not your fault. You are so beautiful. Oh, you don't have to be scared. I couldn't hurt a fly. I am ready for you. ourselves of this world and then we will leave it all right so of course based on the popular board game (laughs) um, uh, this movie opens up with sex yep just as soon as the opening scene uh, pops up on the screen, we see uh, this woman riding a guy in the passenger seat of a semi truck. Just giving it to him. Just giving her. Um, tits out, going to town. She hops out, walks away, and we see that it's this truck stop. And she is one of uh, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, well, I guess four at the time. Uh, lot lizards. If you don't know what a lot lizard is, go watch the episode of Always Sunny with Tom Sizemore. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to split me open like a coconut. <laughs> Just treat me like a mailbox. Just open it up and put it inside. <laughs> Um, yeah, you haven't picked up on it yet. Lo- lot lizards are not lounge lizards. 
Lounge lizards are different things. <laughs> Lot lizards are uh, prostitutes uh, who specifically cater to truckers. Yeah, they just hang out at um, truck stops and yeah, service the long haulers. Yep. Yeah. So there's uh, names. <laughs> there's uh, Sadie, Riley, Liv. And Levi. Yes. Uh, who is the pink-haired one? The pink-haired one is Sadie. No. Yes. Sadie is the dark-haired one. Liv. I'm pretty sure. Nope. Sure? That's the, the leggy blonde. <laughs> I could have sworn Sadie was the one with the dark hair and the tattoos. No, that was Riley. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So Sadie um, is the one that we saw in this opening scene. Uh, this movie takes place in 1996. Does it? Yep. I did not realize that. Okay. I think it's out at the beginning, 1996. Um, it's it's December, but I don't I don't know where this takes place. I guess they say it's right off Route 66. So. It could be anywhere across. Oh, there there are mountains in the background, so you have to. And they said heading west, so we have to assume maybe somewhere in like Colorado. But also, this is December. Yeah, and they're all in shorts or skirts. Well, yeah, you got tank tops. You got to advertise the goods. Yeah, I suppose. But so yeah, there's this this group of four, um, and. Uh, I don't remember the exact sequence of events, but Billy Baldwin shows up. He is Sheriff Rex and him and Levi have like a, he is a standing order for Levi <laughs> right. pretty much. Um, Like he rolls up and he's just like, Hey Levi. And Levi's just like, no, last time I didn't S H I T right <laughs> for a month. <laughs> but Rex is just like, get in the fucking truck. He like drives him out. I think it looked like it was a dump or something. Something like that, yeah. Like a truck graveyard or something. Yeah, and just um like throws this bag at him. And Levi reaches into the bag and pulls out this big giant dildo. And he's just like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? It's... I don't see a lot of dildos, but the ones that I do see, and I realize that they are probably uh you know designed for uh, a little extra. Sure. But it's like, a lot of them are so big, and it's just like, wait a minute. Like, do I have a small dick? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to realize it's better to be too big, because you can stop. But like, if it's too small, you can't add more. Right. So it's better to be too big than too small, right? The dildo, not your dick. (laughs) It's like, wait. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I guess. Are we talking girth? I don't, I don't use them, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the preferred, uh, I, what the target market is, is into, but clearly it's into big fat dicks. <laughs> yes. Which I feel very insecure about. <laughs> But Alex, ba- Alec, uh, not Alec Baldwin, Billy Baldwin. Although he does look a lot like Alec these days. 
It's weird how the Baldwins are like the political spectrum, right? It's like where, like, how conservative or liberal are you? Are you Daniel Baldwin or are you Alec Baldwin? Oh, you're you're a centrist. Okay, you're Billy Baldwin. <laughs> you're so like yeah. So, uh, fucking um, it's the fourth one. I hate it. I don't know. I, I I was honestly trying to remember if there was a fourth one. The, yeah, there's. Steven. Uh, Steve. Yeah, so... Steven? No, 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 sorry. Uh, the, the first one you mentioned. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel, thank you. So, yeah, Daniel is just like your cons- like your standard right-wing asshole. Alec is your standard... Left-wing ultra- asshole. Left-wing asshole. Billy is your kind of sort of left-leaning centrist drip, you know? Uh, and then you've got the fucking alt-right nutcase, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, just all over the place. Yeah, like I said, they are the political spectrum. But um, yeah, Billy Baldwin, uh, William Baldwin, as he's credited. Please. Get the fuck out of here, you're Billy. <laughs> but he tells him, um, he says, you know, you, you got a big old noodle there, which I thought he was talking about his dick, but he, he was talking about his brain. <laughs> Like this noodle? He's like, you got a big old noodle. Why don't you figure it out? He's like, there's a hair on it. It's not even clean. Billy Baldwin's like, you got a mouth, don't you? And I'm just like, are you just paying this guy to suck off a dildo in front of you? Like, I doesn't seem worth the money. Unless he like wants to put up put up up his butt, his own butt. But he tells him to use his mouth to clean it. Maybe. Yeah, but he doesn't use his mouth. He spits in his hand and then jerks it off. Yeah. Or wipes it off. I guess you can't really jerk it off because it can't finish. Right. Unless it's one of those ones that has like fake spunk in it. Is that, that's a thing? Yeah, dude. Weird. I mean, you have to like basically press a button, but then yeah, it'll... So you just jerk it off and then boop. It, it should have to like... You should have to work at it. Well, it's a sex It's a sex toy. I mean, women use it to... to to please themselves. I know. They should have to earn it. (laughs) (laughs) Work for your meal. Wait, what's... That sounds terrible. For women who like facials? Is that the... I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know the purpose. why, Why would you make this thing? What... Like, it, like, are women that hard up for for fucking cum that they have to make fake stuff? That's the thing. I, yeah, I, I don't understand. That's the point I don't get. And I, I don't... I mean, I have to assume that it's, like, edible. Sure. Or at least non-toxic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got their flavors? <laughs> uh, you know, it's almost not worth thinking about. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay, so um, um, uh, Sadie gets she. There's these people standing outside the, you know, convenience store area of the truck stop, and they're handing out these flyers. And she grabs one, and it's for this, uh, you know, let's call it a church. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it was the thirteen something thirteen prophets thirteen disciples. It doesn't matter. 13 something. Some, yeah, some kind of 
you know. Oh shit! Cool. That R that R Kelly guy's in this. Is that the same guy? Yeah, I thought it might have been. I didn't make the connection, but yeah, that's why we did this. This <laughs> episode is dedicated to Bruce Davis. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. <laughs> Man, imagine that being your claim to fame. The guy that kind of looks like R. Kelly. Yeah, really. So, yeah, this flyer is basically, you know, it's a cult. And the people pull up to the back of the truck stop where the, the, the girls hang out, or I guess the girls and Levi. And the head guy, the pastor, you know, tells him that he wants to save them and, you know, show them the way or whatever. And um, Riley is just like, you can just show me that big dick first. And Liv is just like sitting there squatting with no underwear on. Yeah, it just flashes her fucking sniz. Yep. It's like, it's, I was just sitting there watching it. I'm like, whoa. That's full beef. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and so this guy is just like, you know, oh, oh my. And, you know, crosses himself and all this stuff. He just says, you know, I don't, I'll, I'll pray for you and I hope you find salvation, all that nonsense. <laughs> Gets back in the van. You, we can see this girl in the passenger seat who d- doesn't look thrilled with the proceedings. Mm. Or with anything, really. Or with anything, yeah. She's <laughs> pretty pretty upset, pretty depressed. Uh, but So they drive away. Uh, Sadie goes back to this. All the girls just live in this hotel, which is run by Nora, who I guess is their madam. Mm-hmm. She just walks through. She's all always in a robe. always in a robe, <laughs> See, like and all like, like a silk robe. Yeah, it's the same robe. She's never she's like she doesn't have like an arsenal of robes, at least that we can tell. Yeah, either she never gets dressed, or she has a Superman closet full of silk robes. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I mean, judging by you know closer to the end of the movie, she's clearly still a working girl. She just happens to be kind of like a, you know, I don't, I don't know. Is she a madam or is she just like kind of like a pimp? She like work at look out for them or something. I don't like kind of like a mother hen. Yeah. At first I thought she just like maybe like owned the hotel and was just like, you know, this is a safe space for your, you girls to go. But yeah. she also collects money from them. Does she? I guess I didn't. Yeah. Cause at one point she says, you know, like who has something for me? And they're like, it's by the TV. Oh, and, right. you, and earlier you saw Sadie put a stack of money by the TV. Yeah, and I guess she does say, you know, we have a rule that if you're going to stay here, you have to work. So. Oh, yeah. So she is definitely their madam or their pimp or whatever the proper term is. Right. But so this girl who was in the van shows up. Uh, her name is Remy. She's played by Olivia Lucardi, who was in It Follows. Mm-hmm. She was the girl with the shell phone. Right. <laughs> You used to call me on my shell phone. <laughs> I like that song by that guy who sucks. Right. Um, Tony. Yeah. Why do so many people like Drake? I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, even if you give him the benefit of the doubt and just like, oh, they're big uh, fucking Degrassi fans. <laughs> even that's, s- that's the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even beyond that, it's just like, they're not all Degrassi fans, so what the fuck? It's like there are, you know, you're allowed to like more than one musician, sure, but there are so many more. There's just like I feel like once I got 
like down to where I believe his level is, I feel like, you know what? My dance card's full. I don't need to like any more people. Sorry, you just got beat out by Wesley Willis. (laughs) (laughs) Rock and roll McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) I'll listen to Powerline before I listen to fucking uh, Drake. I'll listen to Powerline before I listen to most things. Well, sure. (laughs) I'm just, because it's on your shirt side. Well, yeah. It's just right there. So Remy is... Leaving the church. Check. Kicked out. Oh, yeah. Why did she get kicked out? Do they explain why? Uh, I mean, we find out the real reason why, but why does she tell them? I don't. I don't don't know if she gave one or she said she needs something about like, oh, she needs to repent or something. Whatever. Yeah. Some bullshit. So she... You know, starts hanging out with this crew. They like, you know, take her to this diner and um, let her stay in the hotel. But yeah, then Nora tells her, if, if you're going to stay here, you got to work. So they set her up with this you know, very nice, very gentle Which means man. She has to be a whore. I used to be a whore. I used I to work the docks. <laughs> So just on the boobies there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so they they set her up with this. uh, Nora says, you know, he's he's a nice guy. He's he's a very gentle guy. And so it's going to be at the hotel, not at the truck stop. So she can kind of, you know, ease her way into things. But so this guy shows up and he is like a thousand. (laughs) He's this Old, old priest. He reminds me of the old, old priest from Always Sunny. All the cats are brown now. (laughs) (laughs) But he's just like, like he's talking to her like she's a little girl and it's super creepy. He's like, like, so you like God? I like God too. Yeah. He's like, do you still? That is neat. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, do you still pray? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, good. You're never too old to pray. And then he, um, like he, he says, you know, do you, do you want me to do something for you? And she says, okay. And he takes out his teeth and then starts going down on her. <laughs> and she's, you know, staring at the ceiling and starts praying and stuff. And then just like tightens her legs around his neck until she kills him. And then just dumps his body under her bed. <laughs> she must exercise. She, yeah. She's doing work in that thigh master. Yep. <laughs> Susan Sarandon, not Susan Sarandon, Susan, Suzanne Summers, Suzanne Summers. That's yeah. From, well, this is 96. You said, yeah. I mean, they were still popular around then. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Did your mom have one? Uh, uh, thigh master. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. My mom had one. You know, I, she, what she did have, uh, this, this may be a reach. Um, it never was, saw her use it. <laughs> they never got you. <laughs> Nobody ever used them. People use them for like, Two days and then forgot they, they had to disappear in the back of a closet. Uh, th- something my mom had was um, it was like this seat that you sat in. It was supposed to, it, like, you put it on the ground and you kind of sit down in it and lay back and it, like, supposed to help you with sit ups. It was uh, another infomercial thing, but that that's what my mom had. I, huh. It was a little more obscure than a thigh master, but yeah. But yeah, so she hides this old, old man under her bed <laughs> for days and it 
apparently never starts thinking or anything. Well, I mean, you have to think that maybe he's really dried up already. <laughs> That's true. He's like a mummy fart. <laughs> maybe he's, he's like mummy dust. Yeah. Like his ass is all wobbled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I skipped over when they find the guy in the truck stop bathroom, right? Uh... I don't know if you skipped it, but that does happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the sequence of events, but yeah, they they find uh, a guy. Um, Riley is in the bathroom, and she she like reaches down between her legs, pulls her fingers out, and there's blood on it. And she's like, "Oh, thank you, truck stop gods." Yeah, she, uh, she was talking about something. Something about cramps. I don't know. Maybe she was waiting for a period or hoping. She, Thought she was pregnant or something. I, I don't know. But she yeah. said she had cramps. I just kind of thought it was a PMS thing, but I, that's what it ended up being. I yeah. just, I guess maybe I don't know, but I guess I wouldn't have thought it's like oh, you know, I'm now I'm 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 bleeding, so now the cramps are going to stop. I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's the opposite. But I I don't know. Well, I don't I mean, know. cramps are PMS, so yeah, P being pre. Sure. Yeah. Uh, pre before, um, <laughs> natal, no, yeah, natal ruined. <laughs> <laughs> but she looks over at the next stall and she sees this like blood dripping and she's like, Hey, are you okay? I, I, I just got my period too. So I understand. And then she opens the door and there's just this guy, like his throat slashed and his hands are across his chest, like a dead body, you know? Mm. And so. You know, Rex comes and checks it out, and he yeah, like this is probably a good forty to forty-five minutes into the movie, and up to this point, I'm like, why is this a horror movie? Yeah, I remember you texting me that. Yeah, nothing up to that. Yeah, I think I was like, I said twenty-five minutes. So yeah, like I'm twenty-five minutes into the movie, and I'm just like, why is this even a horror? Yeah, it definitely is a is a slow moving. Like I, I. when I was Glacial it, is what I'd call it. I was preparing a rant. There's <laughs> gonna be like thrillers, like these crime thrillers are not horrors, and horror sites need to do a better job of <laughs> siphoning things out before they report on it. But you know, gotta get those clicks. But no, it does kind of turn into horror later. Yeah, a bit. Yep. Yeah. So Rex comes and like you know finds this dead body, and uh, he immediately thinks it's Riley because he finds her her bloody panties in the in the trash can. He's just like, and Bingo was his name. Oh, <laughs> doesn't say that, but <laughs> it seems like a line that he would say. Sure, yeah. But he so he goes and interviews her, and he's you know realizes it's not her, even though she's a total bitch to him. And so he's he basically like tells her mom. I think was it her mom or was it Nora? It, was it Nora. must have been Nora. And he basically tells her like you know I wish it was her. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not. But so a couple days later, uh, Levi, this this guy comes up and, you know, get, has Levi get in his truck. And he's says, I guess he doesn't let him get in the truck because he says, you know, I'm I, not here. Like, let's let's go over there where it's a little more private or something like that. And they go over there and Levi's like, you're going to you're going to whip out that big hog or what? And the guy's just like, well, why don't you come come over here and help me? And so Levi get, goes over and gets down on his knees and the guy like clubs him. Knocks him out. Levi wakes up and the guy's like raping his butt. And he tells him, he says, you, you don't make a sound or I'm going to slash your throat. 
And so the guy finishes and Levi picks up a broken bottle, stabs him, slashes his throat. He did? Yeah. When I saw he picked up what looked like a pipe or something and just beat his face in. I thought it was a broken bottle. I don't think so. You know what? I noticed that uh, the one I was watching was an unrated version. Did we maybe watch two different versions? Maybe. Well, one of the two things happened, depending yeah, was, on what you watch, I guess. It was a broken bottle or a pipe. And, uh, you know, it, it looked like like two ends of a pipe with like um, with like gaskets on the end. Or not gaskets. It looked like two pieces of a pipe on the end and then like a big joining, like something you like nut together. Oh. I can't... There's a word for that, and I cannot think of what it is. I, I mean, I'm fully willing to admit that I could have just mistaken it for a, a broken bottle. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, so this guy, you know, he goes and he tells Nora. Nora calls Rex, and Rex comes and he says, um, you know, they're, they're asking him, do you think this is the same same guy that slashed the guy's throat in the bathroom? And, you know, Levi says he said he was going to slash my throat if I said anything, so it kind of seemed like his M.O., and so Rex is like, yeah, you know, I, I would bet dollars to donuts. And that is a line, he says. <laughs> he says, I would bet dollars to donuts. That it's the same guy. And he says, you know, we, we don't want to call this in because that just causes more trouble, you know, because Levi killed the guy. Yeah. And so him and Levi go and just like dispose of the body. And then he tries to make a move on him. Yeah. And Levi's just like, not tonight. Like, what the fuck, man? And the thing is, like, like Rex is like, I have feelings for you. And then, like, tries to make a move on him. And he's just like, no, not tonight. And then Rex is just like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, there, there goes those feelings real quick. Yeah. But uh, let's see. Um, the father guy, uh, his name is Theo. He comes back and he's trying to get Remy to, like, you know, come back into the fold. And she's, she tells him, I think I'm going out of order here, but she basically tells him, you know, that she has her own way of cleansing people's souls and that, uh, you know, she's basically trying to take them out from the inside. And so they, you know, argue about the best way to do things. And then Theo leaves, leaves her there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh... I think at this point, we've pretty much picked up on the fact that uh, Remy is the killer. She's, she's Yeah, if one. you haven't picked up on it from what we're saying, if by the time you're watching this in the movie, you have picked it up. Yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious that, that Remy is the one killing people. Yeah. Um, and she's, she's got this like canvas bag that she's been carrying around the entire movie. And the thing that always pokes out the top of it is this big, giant fucking wooden cross. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's, why do you need that? Why do you need a cross that big? Right. Well, it's because it's hiding. A blade. A blade. <laughs> Which is something you'd expect to see in like, like fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something. Yeah. I almost wish the blade had come out of the other end. Cause like it comes off right, like where the, like the bottom part of the 
cross, the part that crosses yeah, the, yeah. the horizontal part. But I and it comes out of the bottom. But I wish it been the other way, so it would like have like a hilt. handle hilt. Yeah, um, that would have been even more like from dust till dawn or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think if I was designing a knife that was hidden in a cross, that would be the way I would make it. Yeah. Uh, which, yeah, it's like, it's, it's dumb. I was just gonna say it's dumb. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just so out of place and ridiculous, especially because it's so big. Like even hiding a blade, it doesn't need to be that no, big. No, <laughs> not at all. Cause like when she has, when, she, um, Liv sees, finds her with the blade and it like that handle essentially is so much bigger than the blade itself yeah it's like it doesn't need to be that big yeah it, it almost looks like it's i mean to look at it it's like you think it was like a, a flashlight or something it had like three d cells in it or something yeah um yeah it's unnecessarily big like it would look out of place almost anywhere like if you put it on the wall maybe but even then it's like it's so thick like all from all angles it's like why like if it was on the wall it's like why is that so big (laughs) (laughs) and using it as a weapon is just i don't don't understand yeah but you know i don't make movies so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so remy starts like stabbing people and stuff and i don't want to give away any more than that i guess yeah yeah, I'd say, I'd say uh, revealing that she's the killer is not really a spoiler because it's kind of yeah, it's, part it's, of it's the kind of obvious right away. Um, and we already talked about her killing the old man, so right. Uh, even I don't know. Even after like revealing that she's killing people, um. Calling this a horror for me is still a really big reach. Like, I... I mean, it gets pretty bloody in the final act. I guess. I mean, yes, it does. That would probably be the most horror, horrific part of it, I, I would say. The rest of it is like basically, to me, this is like really not much different than like, you know, like, um, you know, it's like really a, more a, of, a, a of like a crime thriller, crime thriller, yeah. Um, which is fine, but broad, you know, um, advertising it as a horror is, is way off base because you're kind of, I to saw, me, you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> I saw a, some site calling it a slasher Mm, no no (laughs) i mean in the most basic sense of the word sure but when you think about what a slasher film is yeah i don't think so there's something about horror in general and, and and slasher specifically that's like it's hard to really explain what it is but there's a certain feel of a movie that just all horror movies fall into and all slasher movies fall into. Yeah. Well, it's hard to call a movie a slasher when most of the, the slashing is a girl 
using uh, a blade and like just basically jamming it into somebody's stomach. Yeah. One time. Right. It's not exactly slashing. <laughs> yeah. It's stabbing. It's a stabber film. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, also, you know, I, I just want to say, now, obviously, I'm not a medical professional. I am not speaking from a, a place of education, necessarily, or experience. But knowing, having a, a, a general understanding of how the human body works... I do not believe that stabbing somebody in the stomach is an effective way to kill them. <laughs> but uh, a not lot of quickly, a lot of yeah, not quickly. Uh, you know, even if you stab them in an essential organ like the liver or kidney or something, people can live for hours right. after that. But in movies, people get one blade to the stomach and uh, they're just dead. It's like it does not work that way <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't think so it's like unless you get their heart or something like you know based on where like in this where she's stabbing him maybe she's going up i don't know um but like yeah unless you the i think the heart or the brain is the only thing that's gonna like put the lights out immediately you know yeah and even the heart would take a minute i think because just because you stab somebody in the heart doesn't mean the brain instantly dies. That's true. So anyway, that's just that's a common thing in a lot of movies, not just horror. And I feel like it needs to be readdressed. <laughs> because it's bullshit. Fair. Yeah, this is on IMDb as a horror slash thriller. Um and it it really feels like they like it almost feels like they made this crime thriller and they were like, but we want it to be called a horror movie. So let's <laughs> add more blood. Let's add a couple more violent scenes towards the end. Yeah. And like, even like the poster, which is kind of the main picture on, uh, on IMDb, like it could definitely be um, taken as a horror. I mean, it's probably designed that way. Also, if you look at it, it's got this crossblade on it, but it's not. That's even, not it. It's not right. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the one that's in the movie. It backs. See, there's this quote on this poster from Backseat Mafia. Never heard of them. Uh, a raucous slasher, which takes the viewer for a walk on the wild side. Not a slasher. Candyland deserves to be the next cult horror breakout movie. The Hollywood News. I never heard of Hollywood news either. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, like this feels like a movie that people who don't watch a lot of horror movies would call a horror movie. Right. Um, but that aside, I it's not bad. No, it's not a bad movie. Um, I, it's it's slow. It's it's really slow. Yeah, it is. Um, which probably, even if I wasn't, if I was just watching this on my own, like recreationally, um, I don't know if I would have made it through. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's only an hour and a half, but it seriously felt like longer than that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, that that's just me. But you're right. It's. 
it's not it has a very um um not well not very like saying it's like a poorly made film it's just, it has a low budget feel to it yeah um and, and uh but i mean all all the 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 ladies in it um and uh the guy that played Levi, they they were all very good. Uh, apparently, the one that played Riley is Josh Brolin's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, like there, this has one of those feels like a. Um, I hate to say because I hate this fucking movie, but it's the first thing that comes to my mind, like Gummo, that like almost feels like a documentary, in like the way it's shot and like the way that people kind of, interact and stuff like it almost just feels like a fly on the wall kind of yeah 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 I, I get what you mean or like early kevin smith stuff yeah yeah which yeah, I is, is it i i think is a um uh a tribute to the actors and saying you know how well they're doing that they seem so casual that it looks like it, you're just watching people having a conversation yeah casually yeah definitely um so yeah i don't I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to decide if, like, should I judge this as a horror movie or just a movie in general? <laughs> uh, which, I mean, in either case, I guess it doesn't really matter because I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's good. I think it's it's a good movie. Um, it's a well-made movie and stuff, but it's probably not something I would go back to um, or, like, really recommend offhand to anyone yeah so for whatever that's worth but at the same time i do think that it was it accomplished what it wanted to do yeah uh so i'm i'm, I'm gonna give it a six um five i think okie dokie all right that's it, guys. We made it. We made it. What? Just just shy of three hours? Yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> it's like, where did the time go? Um, anyway, so uh, we'll be back. We're going to be back in a couple weeks. I mean, you know, fingers crossed. We can't predict the future, but <laughs> the plan is for us to be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode. What are we gonna be? What are we gonna be watching, Taylor? Uh, we're gonna be watching Night of the Bastard. <laughs> uh, AEW fans will get that, as well as Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> that should be a ride. Uh, so look out for that, guys. You know, same bat time, same bat channel. I don't think you can say that. I think that's trademarked. Oh, yeah, that's always been our problem, you know, not using <laughs> trademark stuff. In the meantime, where can people find us, Taylor? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com, as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us five stars. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok as Grave Plot Podcast, or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot, and, of course, Grave Plot Film Fest on Facebook and Instagram, GreatPlotFF on Twitter for all the Film Fest news, as well as GreatPlotFilmFest.com. And of course, Patreon.com slash GreatPlotPodcast if you want to uh, join a very exclusive club 
and get some very exclusive benefits. Yeah. At store.graveflatpodcast.com. Bring money. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's been it's been nice getting back to this. So uh, we'll catch you next time. Until then, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And this has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. My girl's like-